0: asking if I'm back and I haven't really had an answer but now yeah I'm thinking I'm back I'm back
1: Welcome to the 2022 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Pfeiffer here with Rob Antonell. Been a while since we talked to you guys, but I know our tens of listeners out there are really happy to hear us back. Uh, I know it's only barely into the second week of August, but football season is already quickly upon us, man. Um, I know I'm vaguely excited for it just because it doesn't feel like football season yet, but we're getting there. How about you?
2: Yeah, I mean... I'm trying to get into it it's it's early it feels early um but you know as we're recording this we got a scrimmage tomorrow and then week one is a week from tomorrow so uh i mean it's go time Yeah. yeah
1: i just hope it feels like go time here soon um full disclosure we're recording this on august 11th because i got some time coming up here ...up in Youngstown wearing some camis for a bit. That's what drew me away last time, and it's drawn me away again right as the season's upon us. So, you know, it is what it is. But, I guess we'll just get right into it. Uh, Last we talked to you guys, it was going into Fitch Week, and some stuff's happened since then. Let's just recap the rest of the 2021 season, you know, some general thoughts, and uh, go from there. So, since we last talked, general thoughts, what do you got?
2: Oh, wow, just throwing half a season at me to sum up. Oh, you know, just tossing you a softball here to start. All right, so I guess I can start by, like, listening off the games that we played since then. Um, So last year was Fitch, and then Euclid, uh, Canisius, Worcester, McKinley, and then the playoffs, it was Columbus Independence, Westerville South, Big Walnut, and then Green. Um, So we won... That Fitch game. Um, well, we won every game after that except for Green. But yep. uh, a few good games in there. Uh, beat Euclid pretty bad, fifty to sixteen. Beat Canisius twenty-three to thirteen. So that was a closer one. Worcester was thirty-one nothing shutout. McKinley thirty-five to thirteen. Pretty big win over mm-hmm. there in Canton. Um, so I know you were gone, but I also know you tried. To kind of watch some of these, did you? Were you able to watch any of those games yes. that you remember?
1: So, I was over in Kuwait, which is a seven-hour time difference. Working noon to midnight, so I basically just like lost all concept of time. All I know is most of the kickoffs were happening about three a.m. my time, when I needed to be up at like 10, 10.30 a.m. to go to work. So. Also, on top of, like, not knowing my job at all because I'm a reservist and I don't get to do a goddamn thing at my base. So when I first got there, it was, you know, getting used to all the shit and learning my job and all that. So I just, once I left from, like, who was it, Euclid we played after, Fitch? Yes. Euclid, up until McKinley, I was only, like, catching the scores. I didn't even, like, know it. Honestly, no attempt was made to watch mm-hmm. the games. Like um, I knew Euclid and Worcester were kind of ass kickings. Um, Canisius, the vibes I got from that, just vibe check alone, it seemed like it was a lot of a bigger whooping than the scorelet on. And then McKinley came, and I'm like, I absolutely have to watch this shit educated all my friends over there on you know what exactly masson mckinley was and stole our break room set up we had two very large tvs over there got two different streams going on there and i think a third on a laptop somewhere and i i don't know like i think we talked about it before but it, it's fun this past year was a lot more fun in that we weren't the powerhouse that we've been you know, 2018, mm. 2019, even parts of 2020, and that the games were a lot close. They, they all felt a little more competitive. Um, through the playoffs, I think the first couple, it was just like we were clearly the better team. And then Big Walnut, what was the score for that one? 38 uh, Eh, Was it? Because if you would have told me it was like <laughs> – 27-24 20
2: us. I, I would have believed that. So I'm reading this straight off of MaslinTigers.com, which for yeah. the most part is usually pretty accurate. It mm-hmm. uh, says that we beat Columbus Independence 76-22. to 22. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, but I don't necessarily remember <laughs> it being that big of a game. <laughs> yeah. But the amount of times we've talked about my memory when it comes to this stuff. So uh, we put 76 on Independence. <laughs> we won 15-19 against Westerville. 38-0 against Big Walnut, um, and then going into regional championship where we lost by one. So I can't remember which of the first
1: two it was that we went with the Orange Jordan Unis and the White Helmet. It, and that's important because like I, I'm watching the game, so it's like that's my memory. In the very first drive, it was literally just we came out in our double fullback set and ran power like five times in a row out uh, of like you know different motions and formations within that but like all we did was run power right down the right down the field scored and I'm like yep this game is over um, and then big walnut I feel like the more I'm trying to remember it like the goose egg feels right but just in general that game felt a lot closer than what the scoreboard says yeah so
2: seven nothing after one. Mm-hmm. um we scored 14 in the second so you know going to halftime 21 nothing put up 10 in the third seven in the fourth so i mean it was kind of spread out yeah um pretty evenly actually 7 14 10 7 but yeah Walnut well, never scored so you know as the game's going on we're just tacking it on to them but mm-hmm. only one score in the first so uh, it wasn't just the blowout from the beginning that you might think from a score like that right
1: um But, yeah, that was, you know, a good game. And then Green, I think I caught just the end of the first quarter. All of the second up until we tried to run that throwback to Campbell when he was hurt and we had to call a timeout to get him in. And after that, I was just so frustrated with it. And it was like, 5 a.m. my time i'm like i gotta be up in like four hours anyway Mm -hmm. fuck this i'll catch the score in the morning like that's you know whatever it is what it is close the laptop rolled over went to bed and was kind of like i would have been happy if we just you know won the game obviously if we won the game or if we got like blown out in the second half but like to lose like just looking at that score i'm like god damn it man like it had to be that close It really had to be like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a tough one for sure. Uh, I mean, the entire game was tough. Uh, You had big plays in every quarter. The beginning of the game, you had stuff that was going on. The end Mm. of the game, of course. Uh, So, I mean, it it was a tough, close game all the way through. And uh, a lot of memorable things from it, you know, mostly mostly bad yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot of calls you didn't agree with a lot of memorable to, stuff uh, in the bad way when it came to flags on the field or lack oh my of, god don't
1: get me started lack of flags on the shit. field
2: you know just saying there's, there's memorable stuff about the game but you know it was a tough game start to finish uh so i mean i guess you could call it a good game <laughs> <laughs> if you were an independent it, fan yeah no,
1: I, you know what? No, you can't even call it a good game if you're an independent fan. All right? Like, listen, I, I kind of tend to agree with the general sentiment I've heard from a lot of people that Green didn't beat us. Like, we just – we lost the game. Yeah. Um, you know, we came out. We didn't play our best. From what admittedly little I did see, we did not play up to the standard that is mm-hmm. Mass in football. And I think in that – same. It can also be true that we lost, and also the refs were absolutely horrendous.
2: Yeah, I, I'm definitely not blaming the refs, but I do think not they're Not one bit. I think they're bad. I think they are bad, that's for sure. Um, a lot of calls that didn't go our way. With that, I, I still think we should have won the game. Um, yeah. Offensively, from what I remember, it seemed like we had a hard time kind of establishing our, our identity, figuring out what works, and then we mm. did uh, injury or, you know, is it, is it an injury? I feel like you're back on the field a couple plays later. Like, all right, so you know, I mean, it depends pain. on how much cortisone you put in there. <laughs> all right, they're not taking cortisone. Um, yeah, that was a joke. I know we just got to really, throw I mean, it. but you know, so it seemed like we were getting, we had a pretty nice rhythm with McElroy running the ball. Mm-hmm. Right, we'd spread him out, get numbers, and just run it on him, and then he would kind of get banged up here or there. He had to come out for a while, and then when he was out of the game, it seemed like we struggled a little bit on offense. So this is all going off my memory, which is never good. So. But that's just what I'm taking away from it almost a year removed. So it seemed like offensively we kind of struggle. We'd find a rhythm. we kind of struggle. We'd find a Mm -hmm. rhythm back and forth, kind of like that. So um, defensively, it seemed like we were doing pretty good there for a while. Like we'd let them nickel and dime us a little bit, but it was hard for them to sustain that down the field, which I liked. Then it seemed like they'd have a couple big plays. Yeah. They started picking on certain areas of the field, certain concepts, matchups that they liked, matchups we didn't like. Um, So, I mean, it it was definitely a tough matchup for us, their style of offense versus the defense that we had, uh, the personnel we had. But, uh, I mean, to that
1: point, like, we were really stout against the run all year. Yeah. And then you come out against a five-wide team, you know, almost never run. There's, like, a little bit of change-up stuff here, jet sweep, Mm -hmm. maybe a QB run or two. But, to have to play that in, what is it, week 14? Was, uh, 14. Yep, 14. Yeah, and to come out and play that in week 14 when we haven't played a team like that pretty much all year, I mean, yeah, a few teams threw the ball on us a lot, but that didn't seem to be their bread and butter. It wasn't what they wanted to do. It was what they had to do. Yeah. Uh, this was a team that, you know, you come out, your base says five wide, you're living and dying by throwing the ball. Yeah. And we had to sit in our essentially nickel defense, our sub package defense, pretty much the entire game, which as an aside, like we're running some three safety shit that you're seeing in like the big 12 and, you know, high level college football. And it's not stuff you see really around here at all in high school football and a part of that is a product of the offenses you play you know you're not seeing a lot of pass happy teams in this area just because of the weather and as it turns it's harder to throw the ball in general it's harder to throw the ball in high school in general because of how the variance you get from a you know a 16 17 year old guy throwing it but to go from kind of a base 4 to 5 ish hybrid cover four to a three safety like a big 12 defense that's that's a lot and it's it's impressive it speaks to what our coaches can install and what the kids themselves can learn and run and i was you know it didn't get us the result we wanted but to have to stay in that all game and to do it fairly successfully i thought it was a pretty impressive feat
2: yeah, so I remember as the game started and as it's going on early, you know, you hear fans chirping because they thought we were playing a little bit too loose, too soft in mm-hmm. um, secondary in our coverage. And I'm just thinking to myself that you know Green can throw these little five-yard passes, and I don't feel like they're going to sustain that. And from my memory, they didn't. So it's like we're going to let them drop it off, let them drop it off, let them mm-hmm. drop it off. You know, what, what's your one saying about why teams don't cover the hitch? It's because the offenses refuse to throw yeah, the hitch. Yeah, and offenses are going <laughs> to
1: run the hitch 12 times They're not the going to do it.
2: So it's like, you know, eventually the team's going to stop throwing that five... It's just kind of like human nature, coaching nature. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's working. Would you take five yards of pop all the way down the field? Of course you would. But coaches don't do that. No. It, and, in general. So it's like, it, you know, teams aren't going to nickel and dime you, or at least I didn't think Green was going to. So it's like, we're playing soft, like whatever, let's take away the big plays, take away, you know, we're getting... You know, we're getting some good pressure on the quarterback. We're making things happen. Like, force them to go all the way down the field on you. But that was one of the things that I remember hearing in the stands. That we're just playing too soft. And uh, I don't think that is what got us at all. So take away some of the big plays. Take away yeah. some of the, you know, or our coverage got beat kind mm-hmm. of things. But it's not because we're, we're playing back. That wasn't
1: it. No. I think a lot of that stuff, too, you know, people are just looking at the pre-snap picture because most people, the way they watch football is they just keep their eyes on the ball. They might, like, take a quick look at what the defense is running or how the offense looks, but as soon as that ball's snapped, their eyes are just going to the ball and seeing where it goes. Mm -hmm. And post-snap is where the money's made on defense. You know, you can't just sit in a static look and show with, you know, 23, 25 seconds on the play clock exactly what you're going to be running post-snap. Yeah, definitely. Um So and that's where a lot of the big hits come from too, is as soon as that ball snapped, guys are rotating, moving to where they there was room before there was grass, and that's what the quarterback sees, okay, this is where I'm this is where the ball's going. Suddenly you got a safety flying down in there into that hole and taking a dude's head off. Yeah. You know, so a lot of that stuff is the defense saying sometimes, okay, we are going to give this up because the offense isn't going to take the easy money. 12, 15 plays all the way downfield. Just because that's human nature. Like you said, you know, it's not just coaches. That's like what most humans in that situation aren't just going to like, okay, throw the hitch, throw the hitch, throw the hitch, throw the hitch. Mm -hmm. They're going to, you're going to start out thinking yourself because it's like, okay, well the hitch has worked five times. Well, the, Defensive coordinator knows it's worked five times. He's probably gonna change up his coverage now to take away that hitch, so I gotta attack somewhere else. And the DC's just sitting there like, Now nah, I'm gonna let you fuck up, dog. Yeah. Um I was going somewhere else with that too, but I kinda lost my train of thought on that. <laughs> I think you can see it in my face. Yeah. Uh oh, the refs. It's hard to get any sort of rhythm going on either side of the ball when you have twenty seven flags thrown against you. Mm-hmm when you average seven penalties a game going into that. That's just, like, in general, no fan should know the refs are there. If there's an egregious call, then, yeah, you throw the flag. But you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't have your hand on that piece of yellow fabric like you're a guy in a Western movie drawn down at high noon, you know. The Zebras should not make themselves known. We shouldn't know what you sound like. We shouldn't know what you look like. We shouldn't be watching your fat ass jogging halfway down the field to throw to throw the flag 50 yards downfield where you shouldn't be making a call from. And I've heard people say, like, oh, you go back and watch it, and, you know, oh, every one of those was a penalty. Dude, you show me any random play from any random game in high school football, and I will find you a penalty. Yeah. Like, it. It's part of your job as a ref not to throw it on every little single thing. Mm-hmm. And I heard other things like, oh, we had offsides, we had false starts. I f- I went back and counted. Granted, this was like three months ago. But, like, went through the whole on the MadisonTigers.com thing where they have the play-by-play. We only had, like, six false start, offside, Illegal formation penalties. The other 20-some were in the play. Yeah. Just... Put the flag away. Mm -hmm. Put the donut down. And let the kids play, man. Yeah, absolutely. Just... And again, I can say all this and still say, it's not the ref's fault
2: we lost. Yeah.
1: These two things can't exist... Together.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I think that's kind of the general consensus here. You know, everybody was mad at the refs at the time. You know, still mad about them now. But I, I, I think most people can agree that, you know, that that was kind of on us, right? Yeah. So, you know, I got to be better than that. Got to put it all together. Uh, it was still a great year. Oh, absolutely. know, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't want to overlook that aspect of it for sure. You know, went to the regional championship. Mm-hmm. lost by one, right? I mean, I think going into the season, that the team had some question marks. Uh, I think we ended the season maybe with some question marks. But, yeah, you know, to, the record that we had. If you would have told me going into last year mm-hmm.
1: that we would beat McKinley, make it to the regional championships, lose a close game by one point, I would say sign me up. That's a phenomenal year for yeah. what I expected out of that team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that goes along with the, you know where our expectations were for the team. We had question marks going into it, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, our only losses were to pick Central week one. Returning state champ or state runner-up? Uh, um, Made it to states. Something like that. I couldn't remember if it was the year before, or one year removed. Let's, but, let, actually, let's um, start inflating a little bit. Returning four-time state champs brought back all twenty-two starters. Yep. Um, no, but what I remember is, I mean, they were a good team. Obviously. Oh you yeah. Know, we're talking about state champs, runners-up, either the year of a year before. Uh, they were huge. That's what I remember about them. So they had, you know, you know, tight ends or fullbacks or whatever you want to call them. I think they moved them. That uh, would be like left tackles for some teams. Mm-hmm. Huge. Uh, their skill players weren't great. So, like, I remember going into that game thinking, you know, <laughs> they're insanely good. Yeah. And I didn't, to be honest, expect us to probably win that game with the questions that I had about us. And then watching it, watching Pick Central, I was like, oh yeah, they're not, they're not making it this year. <laughs> so their skill players did not look. E- it ooh, would be. But they were so damn big it would be so big. Yeah. It's a tough matchup for most schools, but I just didn't think they were going to like win D1 championship that year.
1: I mean, it would be wrong to call that system the Wing T. They went 12 and 2, but it's still like the same thought process as the Wing T of we are going to run the ball down your goddamn throat yeah. and there's not going to be a single thing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why their skill, you know, positions were great because they're getting the ball thrown to them like twice every four weeks
2: yeah that that's what it, it it reminded me of like watching one of perry's teams yeah. like the receivers are out there running madden routes mm-hmm. knowing that they're not going to get the ball and it's just like, at half speed even on the, like, the thing that got me is it would be a passing play yeah because you know, they throw the ball more than like perry does so like they're calling these passing plays and the receivers just look like they want nothing to do with it <laughs> and i was like oh my god like this is I don't know. Maybe it was a I mean, maybe you, it was my interpretation of it. Maybe it was a bad week for them. Homework was rough the night before. <laughs> I don't they we didn't were, look great. Were you watching the guys that like knew
1: they were the clear out route and there was not a chance in hell they were getting the ball I mean, or it could have been cuz
2: I let me pull it up. I don't think they passed for us like for anything. Let's see
1: what we got. I remember a couple plays there was a, at least like two of the passing plays were like Ooh, a hard play, huh? <laughs> You say yikes? Yeah, I said yikes.
2: Uh oh. Um, what do we got? So they threw. They had 104 yards passing. And I was like, all right, yeah. So like, cool. Like, yeah. That's not a whole lot. They had 239 yards yards rushing. So like, you know, they went nine of fourteen passing for 104 yards. Um, okay. Yeah, we had 34 passing yards. That was the oof. <laughs> <laughs> oof. Um, we had 34 passing yards and 101 rushing yards. So we, put we only up, had 101 rushing yards total? Eh, according to this. Oof. But I'm going back to the... All right, go to... They uh, couldn't... Okay, they go they to McElroy's
1: well. rushing stats and see what he had in the negative because those would have been sacks.
2: Oh, it just says... I mean, I'm not, or his, I'm not going into it super deep. I'm just looking. So, so there should be a column there for rushing stats, says, negative... Okay, well, it said McElroy was two of eight for 11 yards with one sack. Uh-oh. Slaughter was two of two for 23 yards with one sack.
1: Okay, go up to the rushing stats then and look at their yards lost because I think that's where they hide the sack yards at.
2: Um, McElroy nine rushes for 34 yards. He had nine, oh. a loss of nine, so that could have been rushing. That could have been rushing or from the sack since yeah. he ran it so many times. Whereas Slaughter, two rushes for one yard with one loss of seven. So that would have been the sack. So we really didn't have, like, much going in general. So we had, like, an eight-yard run and a seven-yard sack. Or Oh, wait, no. They have it broken up. So gain of one, loss of seven, net of negative six. Yeah. So a, a rush of one, a sack of seven. Yeah. Okay. They they have it broken up more than I thought they did.
1: I felt like we moved
2: the ball more than that on him. Oh. Uh, well, with our receiver, <laughs> our receiving yards, Will Trell had two catches for 18 yards. Curtis Miller had two catches for 12 yards. Oh, that's it? Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh. There was no Ardell Banks in that equation or... You know what? Let's, or... let's get out of this game because obviously <laughs> a, it, it wasn't, wasn't great. A great. It was week one. <laughs> yeah. of a, of, it was a tough situation going into week yeah. one last year. Listen, man.
1: Okay, on a serious note, going into week one of any high school game, you are try, you think you know who you are. You're throwing out stuff that you worked in the offseason and it's like, okay, let's see what we can actually do with this against a real opponent. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't scrimmage stuff. This is, like, actual game time. Yeah. Nobody's hiding anything anymore. This is who we are or who we want to be. I. It's usually not till like, week four five, even week six, that it's like, okay, this well, you is... you start to mesh. Yeah. yeah. It's like you start to figure out who you are, what works. That's where you start. You stop seeing as many... Personnel groupings, and you start to get more into okay, who are our eleven dudes, yeah. and then you know certain sub packages from there that you can uh, give your dudes a breather or otherwise get other dudes in a better position to make a play. And so, like you know, the first half of the season is really just it's figuring out what you actually are, not who you think you want to be. So. Toss out the pick game.
2: Um, That'll make you feel better, won't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of cool. Like if you go back and like watch the Glen Oak game, that's where we first started running the McElroy empty package. But we were coming out and you know like double tight end and fullback sets, and then we shelved that. I think we ran it once for a jet sweep against Warren, and then we just put that on the shelf until the second half of the McKinley game. Come out with four wide with a fullback, and McElroy back there just going straight single wing on, I'm running the ball, and you can't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. Which, I I mean, dude, props to the team, because that's like, we tried to roll with McElroy. he got hurt, and obviously he was, obviously the f- freshman quarterback was a better option than him at that point. So, you got this guy that, I mean, he was the starting quarterback at the beginning of the season for a reason. So, like, let's just put him in what he does best. He's mm-hmm. not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. Can't throw the rock that well, just to be honest. But there's just some of – he's squirrely. Like, he can – He's a good runner.
2: Yeah. He's a very no good – No doubt about it. Like, he's not the he's not dude dudest dude out there, but – He's not the flashy running back or, like, Lynn Bowden – yeah guy out there that's going on sport center no. but he's going to get you like 8 yards of carry throughout a game
1: it, it was it was very like lev bell as an nfl comp mm-hmm. um, okay yeah. J- Jameer thomas like of very good at reading his blocks and just knowing where to go with the ball
2: falls forward
1: yeah you know you don't don't ask him to give the you know put the ball somewhere else just here's the ball here's your blocks go make a play kid and like you said you're averaging like eight yards pop with that stuff squirrely runner like i he just slipped out of arm tackles and stuff left and right man uh so props to them for putting him in the best position for him to be a dude on that field and it was we had a lot of success out of that shit through the entire postseason You know, you got the green, and I think really the only thing, the only two things that kind of came back to bite us with it was one, holding penalties every other goddamn play. Yeah. And two, he would get tired. You had to sub him out, and you don't have a sub for that position. So it's like, let's go back to our regular personnel group. Mm -hmm. And we just didn't have much going out of that stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought he was doing really well in the green game. And, uh, I mean, like you said, between getting tired, between getting banged up, it was tough to just do that consistently for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that when we had to go back to slaughter out there as a freshman that it kind of threw us off a little bit. Um, it, it just seemed like that that wasn't working great for us at the time. yeah. Uh, so I mean you go back to what was working, but it, it's hard to stay consistent for a full game with that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean Green is a tough team. they're competitive. So even at eight yards of carry, you're still getting banged up. I'm, yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know what the actual number was. but It, it feels right. Go back and look at this. You know, I have it all pulled up. But now the issue is that I have so many pages pulled up. I have it pulled
1: and up. Uh, Darius McElroy.
2: Let's see here. Rushing. Individual stats. 20, oh. 20 for 151. So 6.8. That's including a 15-yard loss. Wait. Oh, you're looking at the green game. Yeah. So, just in the green game, he averaged six point eight yards of carry. Uh,
1: on the entire season, he averaged five point one. Yeah. Eleven touchdowns. A lot. Wow. He averaged five point one yards of carry with
2: only a his longest run of thirty three yards. And that was in the green game. Damn. He had three touchdowns. A long of thirty three. Hmm. I don't know if the thirty three is a touchdown, but a long of thirty three, three touchdowns. Twenty rushes for 151 but he lost 15 which comes out to 6.8 yeah he put that 15 back on there and i don't know what the math is but a little bit more than 6.8 a little more yeah Yeah. just a hair it was working yeah is what is what we're saying here it's just it's hard for i mean he ran it 20 times he ran it 20 he ran it 20 times so Uh, i mean bless it how many pass attempts did he have in that game five attempts two completions yeah yeah that sounds about right Slaughter was 5 of 11. I feel like before I went to sleep, we were trying to get into a
1: two-minute drill, and it kind of threw me for a loop that we had that package out there. I'm like, okay, let's, I guess, if this is the hot hand, you roll with the hot hand. But that's what happens when you get into what almost becomes uh, two different offensive systems because of your personnel. So
2: it is what it is. Yeah, so we had had 46 passing yards. Freddie Lennox had 19, which I think was the last play of the game, where we had to go 70 yards to score. We only had 46 passing yards? Minus 19. Once again, this is all off of MaslinTigers.com, so if the numbers are wrong, don't yell at me, yell at them. We had 46 passing yards total. 19 of that was that last play of the game where we just dumped it off to Freddie and said, go score, please. Um so yeah what does that math equal out? <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey, props 20 20 some passing yards total. Yeah. I, I mean like I said it, it was tough to get into a rhythm and yeah. you know we found what was working what wasn't just couldn't do it quite long enough I guess.
1: Hey. Happens man. I got... Not
2: that we didn't have other situations where we could have ended the game, but
1: That's a conversation for another day. Um Dude, so just to put a ribbon on the whole last season, yeah, I, I got big 2017 Tigers vibes. You know, it, it seemed like a fairly young, inexperienced team. You had a couple dudes out there, uh, young quarterback, yes, big-bodied receiver that really looked more like a big body playing football than an actual receiver. Athletic white boy all over the field making plays. Defense that granted in 2017, you know, it took us until week nine to really get it going, but once they got it going, it was the Black Swarm that we've seen pretty consistently since then. Since then, yeah. So, overall, I mean, hey, I would have loved to see it end in any other way than giving Green their biggest win in program history, but, uh, I'll take, taking that away, I'll take a, Regional championship runner-up with a big W over McKinley, man.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like you said a few times, if you would have offered that to me going into the season, I would have taken it. So uh, it, it was just kind of crushing to see what team it was to beat you. I, I think people are kind of downplaying green a little bit because it's green. You, you don't follow green. I don't follow green. No one follows green except for the people in green and maybe some federal league guys. But I mean, that's certainly what I'm doing right now. It's green. Yeah. So, like, it, it sounds harsh. Yeah. You know, like, the reality is you would have la- rather lost to someone else in the regional championship. But, I mean, green was a tough team last year. So, they were a tough team, and it was a matchup that didn't we didn't like very much. Yeah, they, Their system versus our system, um, or maybe not systems as much as personnel, strengths, and weaknesses, mm-hmm. uh, it, it didn't mesh well. So, it would have been interesting to see if we would have – played someone else or if we got past that how we would have matched up against other teams but um seemed like other teams strengths also matched our strengths so green was green was that one matchup that you just don't like but
1: and i'll take the sarcastic hat off for one second and say they did make it to the regional championship so props to them they were a good team it wasn't just green you know the federal league what middle of the
2: pack at best, yeah.
1: At best that we've known that you just kind of associate with them for years. They are regional champs, like congrats mm. to them.
2: But yeah, it's like Federal League, but not even original Federal League type of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not Perry, McKinley, yeah. Glen Oak. So
1: sarcastic had coming back yeah, on. But, congrats on the W guys. Feel free to schedule us next year so we don't have to play some Canadian prep school week nine. You know, run it back.
2: Yeah, run it back. Let's see it.
1: All right. So that's twenty twenty one. Let's get her moving into the here and now we've got the 2022 season do we want to start off with just like how the team how it's looking talk about some guys coming back we want to talk about the schedule what you feeling right now uh, you tell me i've got it all pulled up on the computer here so all right just tell me which page to grab uh i, I think let's go into personnel you know some returning guys what, what we think we're going to look like before we start looking at who we're going to play you know you need to know who you are before who you're fighting right yeah okay So, obviously, I think the biggest thing coming back is quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy touching the ball every play, besides the center, which is always near and dear to my heart, being a former center. Um, You got – he's a sophomore quarterback, but almost, what, 10 games of experience under his belt has had the trial by fire. Hopefully coming back bigger, better, stronger, ideally – Bigger and stronger because what he was a buck 20 soaking wet last year because he was 14 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. Yeah, obviously, he's a, he's still a sophomore. Like, he this is still a child coming in to be the starting quarterback at Maslin,
2: but um, I have him listed at 5'11 160 this year.
1: Oh, so he's about 5'8 140.
2: No, the 5'11 is probably right. I mean, the yeah. 160 is probably right too, but um, he, he definitely has room to get bigger. And I think he will. I mean, not just like kudos to our strength program everything, but I mean, based on his frame, based on his wing, he has like an eight-foot wingspan. That's me guessing, (laughs) but it's obviously not eight foot. But when you look at him, it looks like he's ready to keep growing. Like that's not his final form. His arms are really long.
1: His feet are really big. You've been talking to Jim too much because you just said that's not his final form.
2: I said that. Realize that after I said it. Okay.
1: Okay. That's what makes it worse. It wasn't on purpose. All right. Let's keep it Listen, moving. I gave. We're going saying, to keep.
2: Though. He's going to keep getting bigger. Yes, for sure. But right now they have him listed at five eleven one sixty. By we, the end, by the end of the season, he might be 6 <laughs> two. We've had. We've talked about his feet before, right? Dude's walking around in like size fourteen shoes or something. Yeah. At five eleven, every guy listening to this can do the math real quick. Size fourteen shoes don't go with five eleven.
1: Yeah. That goes with much taller, much, ideally, much heftier. It's like, it's like you know when you get a dog, and the first thing to really grow on them are the ears and feet? Yeah. It, this is like that tweener puppy stage of these big-ass, doppy feet all be-bopping around, but it's still a puppy, you know? So, obviously, we think he's going to grow into it. He's not his final form,
2: nerd. See, to me, it was just a saying. To you, it actually, like, references a show. So like, that's where it's No, different. it doesn't reference a show. Gym.
1: It references Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because Jim makes that reference all the time. Does he? Yeah. Quite a bit. Interesting. Um, anyway, moving along, seeing how he's going to grow. Last year, we kind of... I don't want to say we kept the training wheels on, but we made the game as easy as possible for him. Um. Even though we still like, you know, throwing him out into Ed's and seeing what you can do. Like, all right, let's run some drop-back concepts here. Like, it's not just handing the ball off three times, punt it, and let's get out of here. They threw him into the game. Um, But as the season went along, I kind of went back and just quickly perused through what we ran as a passing game. Most of it was either, you know, your smash concept, four verts, or our – we love to run inside, vertical outsides like a quick speed out. A lot of mirrored concepts. Just kind of pick a side, read your go to one to two, and, or and get rid of the ball if you still have it. Um, when we did want to go over the top or something, it was a lot of heavy play action stuff, which kind of lent to our game in general. But just kind of making the game easier on the freshman, you know, because he's coming out of middle school, which is pretty much all just cover three and a little bit of man. Maybe some cover two. Like, what did we run in middle school outside of that?
2: Well, I can tell you what I ran in middle school, but it was the exact same thing I ran as a senior too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we were on the same pass plays. But all right, so yeah, I mean, we, I, ran, we yeah. ran cover two, cover three in middle school, as freshmen and sophomores. And. I think we transitioned to cover four. We just didn't yeah. call it that. We still call it cover two, but now the corners have got a bail more. So, <laughs> we still, it was the same hand signals we used <laughs> the seventh graders. Yeah. Except, really? Yeah, our hand signals stayed the same. Yeah. All the way up. Interesting. That's, I like the consistency, actually.
1: Might mean something slightly different, but if it's close enough, it's close enough. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of keeping that whole feeder system going. But, um, in general, going from, you know, playing middle school ball to suddenly you're playing against Saint, varsity St. Saint Ed's on Friday night. Yeah. Like, that's going to be a very, very big leap. And we kept it simple because of just the variety of shit you're going to see as a varsity quarterback. So this year, I mean, I'm looking to see a little bit more passing concepts, you know, see what. It's going to be feel-out processing, what he likes, what he doesn't, what teams are going to run against us, what you can and can't run because of what teams are running against you. You know, you see uh, a big complaint over the years has been, oh, we don't throw a lot like over the middle. We see so much cover three, and over the middle is where most of the bodies are in cover three. So you're not going to try and attack the part of the defense where they have most of the guys at. You're going to attack the outside. You're going to attack the seams a little bit. But for the most part, and you're attacking where the defense isn't. So it's going to be how more, I don't want to say complicated, but how much more can you add to the passing game to the sophomore quarterback, this 15-year-old kid, Yeah, but he's already got a year of starting experience under mm-hmm. his belt. Um, I, do we look for him to run the ball at all? I mean, his game just... Just the I just the the vibes of his game is he, he wants to scramble a little bit, you know, he, he feels pressure in the pocket, he's gonna he's gonna run around, but he's gonna look to throw the ball. Like he didn't just seem to like, oh, first guy's not open, let me tuck it and run, which is fun to see. And then how do you lean into that as an offense? Um, do you practice scramble drill more? You know, when the play breaks down, do the receivers know where to go, where to be for your quarterback? Does the quarterback know where the receivers are gonna be?
2: That was a not a rhetorical question. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you looking for an answer or me to just carry on the conversation? Carry on the conversation, please. <laughs> okay. So struggling here. You could have kicked it over to me anytime. Uh, I mean to go with it. I mean scramble drill it, it is a thing. Um it's not really any more complicated than just it is what it is. Kind of, you know, there's yeah. there's some concepts like if a quarterback's scrambling right, you also want to go right, to the right in the same yeah. way as he is. Uh, you know, there's the old saying is you always want to come back to the ball, come back to the quarterback, make mm-hmm. yourself seen. Uh, when you're watching games, there's plenty of times where a guy's covered on the sideline and he'll just break up field and that defender gets lost in the sauce looking at the quarterback and I like, got a breakaway guy down the sideline. I mean, it, it's less of a – it's more of a concept and, you know, just being a dude than, like, actually yeah. practicing it. You practice the idea of it, right? You know, come back to the ball – go the same way as a quarterback, get open, right? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, It's not something you really practice too much. Um, it, it's more of a feel you get with your quarterback. Quarterback gets a feel with receivers. Uh, what I'm looking for out of him is to see what kind of jump he takes from a composure standpoint. I mean, does he look like – I mean, he's only a sophomore, right? Mm-hmm. But he's known for an entire offseason now that, hey, you're the guy. So it's not just some 15-year-old kid, right? It's a 15-year-old kid that got, well, he's known yeah. for a while now that it's like, hey, you are the guy. You need to step in there. I mean, you don't have to be like a huge vocal leader or anything, right? You don't got to have the loudest voice in the room.
1: There's plenty of ways to lead.
2: Yeah, but do you have that composure to go out there and it's like, I am the starting quarterback of this team? I mean, can you just, are you, are you, do you look young? That's kind of what I'm looking for. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have physical limitations as a sophomore. This isn't your final form. <laughs> but are you going to go out there and just like own it, accept it, or are you going to look shook? Not that he looked shook last year, but I'm just saying, like that's yeah. what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that growth of just like, yes, I am the starting quarterback. I'm going to step in here. This is my job. This is my role. I'm going to do everything to the best of my ability, and I'm I'm not going to get rattled out there. I'm going to see things that confuse me. happens we're going to move on so i'm just kind of looking from that standpoint i just want to see him step in and say yeah i am the quarterback i am the quarterback three more years of this but it starts now like i'm your guy you have a whole offseason of prepping as qb1 so that's really what i'm looking for just and that's not something you might be able to tell from the stands too much but that's what i'm looking for i'm just looking for that composure kind of the swagginess of it, you know? Like, yeah. you don't got to be – cap not to be cocky, but it's just like, yes, I am the quarterback. I am QB1. I'm owning this. I like that you said not to
1: be cocky because there's a fine line between – You can't walk out there as a cocky sophomore. No.
2: Don't do it. But I am QB1. I
1: mean, there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness. Yeah. I think confidence is seeing that half a second open seam ball, ripping it in there, and – you know, suddenly your guys running for six versus seeing that same window throwing up a duck and free safety's got the ball now. Yeah. It's confidence is can you back up what, you know, your swagginess? Can you back that shit up? And I never even thought of that from that standpoint. And I'm looking for that
2: shit now too. Like, it's, it's an, I think it's an important aspect of being a quarterback. Yeah, Um, you know, not just confidence in general, but you can't be out there questioning yourself. That's for sure. You can't be the guy that has a bad play and you're just you're thinking about it like that's in the back Mm -hmm. of your mind. Uh, It's kind of an interesting situation because we had him last year. So like we're talking as if he's a new fresh quarterback, but that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. It's like you were a freshman last year. You got your playing time. You got some starts. You got some throws under the belt. You had 16 touchdown passes but now it's like all right you're qb1 you had a whole offseason as qb1 like let's step in and be qb1 so that's really just the idea of what i'm looking for and i don't even know if that's something you can see it but i can tell you one thing i'll be able to tell if he doesn't have it that's the thing you'll be able to tell when someone doesn't have it i think it's important with a quarterback i mean you could be a receiver you go out there and do your job um you can make some plays. You could be, you know, a left guard, and, you know, I'm just going to get my job done. But, like, as a quarterback, like, everything runs through you. you got to be out there, and you got to perform with the best.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if a dude can be a dude. You know, we've heard – you heard all – what was it? Two years ago, like, oh, this eighth grader coming up. Like, he can sling it. This kid's got an arm. He's going to be the next big thing. And then – he comes up, and it's like, okay, he's a freshman. You know, we got a year, uh, McElroy, and suddenly he gets hurt, and next man up is Freshy, and he gets thrown in the fire. And I I remember after that St. Ed's game, my biggest takeaway was Kid got thrown into – Made some plays. Yeah, Kid got thrown into the shit. Yeah. And it, you want to talk about a sink or swim moment. He swam laps around that team. Like, not to say he came out there and, like, you know he was chucking it all over the field but like he held his own he kept his composure he made some plays there's some other plays he, he would have wanted back obviously but I think he can I'm not questioning right now whether or not he can have that swag and if he can have that confidence to him um I don't really have anything else on him if yeah yeah out
2: w- no absolutely i think you know that that's obviously the big talking point every team uh, what their quarterback is but hmm. with that you know there are other things to talk about i mean if you just move right in to the guys next to him yeah you know, i think the running back situation for us this year is is definitely something that's worth talking about um if you don't know you're gonna find out soon
1: yeah um i think obviously the big big name coming back will Tra hartson draw gonna be back there made came on as a sophomore mm-hmm. um Came out there, broke Travis McGuire's single-game rushing yard record in the playoffs. Playoffs as a sophomore. Came out last year, rushed for a cool 138.5 yards a game until, unfortunately, injuries cut a season short, only ended up playing six games. Probably would have had more than that if he got to play that full game against, was it Eds he got hurt? We'll call it Eds he got hurt. Okay. Um ended up getting hurt we seem to be kind of at a loss for our running back situation and then i don't know did lennox not really come on until the mckinley game or was it just like me being lost in the sauce in the desert that i didn't notice him until the mckinley game
2: yes i mean he definitely came on later in the year um it wasn't somebody you saw early on uh, when he actually like started putting up the big numbers. I don't know exactly what game it was, but I mean he did end the year with close to 800 yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely more towards the end of the year that he had okay. a lot of that.
1: Cause I remember like watching the McKinley game, seeing him back there. My first instinct. It wasn't like, oh, I've missed a few games. You know, this is just what we have now. It's like, oh, we're putting Lennox back here. And, like, well, okay, let's see what this kid can do. Um, but at least for the McKinley game and from on, from what I could see, like, he looked very comfortable back there running back. I remember uh, Heck sent us his highlights, like, what was it, a month or two ago in the group text? And nine minutes worth of highlights at running back. The first minute, the first solid minute of it was nothing but bad defensive run fits and then him just making it to the open field and just deleting angles that safety's had on him because he's got, like, another gear in the open field. And I'm like, okay, you know, kid's just an athlete back there, happened to, you know, like, yeah. gets the ball in open space. And then you dig into the rest of his highlights, and it's like, no. He's actually a running back. He's he's back there reading his blocks. He's back there setting linebackers up. He's he's patient. He's waiting for the hole to open up. He's not just an athlete we decided to throw back there. Kid's an actual running back.
2: Yeah, he had uh it was the Worcester game. Mm-hmm. It was like the first game that he had actual reps. He had one carry for two yards against Glen Oak. So let's not count that. Yeah. One for three against Warren. Uh, yeah so week nine against Worcester he had 13 for 68 and two uh, and then McKinley was 16 for 179 and two and then throughout the playoffs uh, so yeah it wasn't until week nine that he actually came on as you know actual reps as a running back mm-hmm. so if he would have missed week nine it would have been week 10 when like yeah against McKinley yeah that's that's when he really came on um, between that you had between Hartson going down and Lennox stepping in is you had Beasley as your number one running back Oof. Um, I mean he he was playing behind Hartson to start the year actually not a whole lot of carries up until Charles got hurt but he went 25 for 85 and 1 against Fitch 17 for 163 and 3 against Euclid Yeah, I mean, 170. Yeah, that was Euclid. I mean, 163 and three is pretty good. Uh, Kenichius, he had 75 yards, three, and then, you know, sparingly from there once Lennox took over. But yeah, Lennox stepped in week, week nine.
1: Gotcha. So he stepped in week nine. All right. And like you said, he had, what, over 800 yards on the year? Just under. Just under 800 yards on the year, 11 touchdowns? Somebody said 11 touchdowns somewhere.
2: Yeah, he had 778 yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, w- Will Terrell still led the team in yards at 831?
1: Damn.
2: Nine touchdowns. Um, and Eds was the fifth game of the year. Fitch was six, I believe. Okay, so, gotcha, gotcha. He went down somewhere around there? Yeah,
1: I think he went down Eds and then was out after that. Sure, let's call it that. Anyway, I think Lennox, he would be far and away starting number 1 running back on most teams. Unfortunately, this team Wiltra Hartson is also on the roster in the running back room. Yep. And Trell is just I would hazard to say the best football player on our team currently. Um so, it will be interesting to see how they use these guys. We've dabbled in two running back sets before. I remember when we first started this podcast back in 20, going into the 2018 season, we were talking about how are we going to use Jameer and Zion together. Mm-hmm. And I remember they did it in a scrimmage. I can't remember if they did it in the actual season, if it was something they were dabbling with, but it kind of fell off. Talking to the, co- I remember talking to Cale, and he's like, yeah, just, we couldn't make our pass protection work with it. So we just scrapped the whole thing. Coming into the 2019 season, you know, we had Keys and Zion again. Um, Zion became more of a blocking back type dude. Yep. But we did come out and run a couple true, like, it looked like two-back sets against Hoban specifically. Then 2020, we had Martavian Johnson, a dude that was just a dude with the ball in his hands. We would start motioning him into the backfield, getting into, like, some quasi-two-back looks with that. It's something we've dabbled with, it's something I would like to see, because as I have talked at length on here before, I'm a fan of multi-tool players, guys that you can move around to different positions, and I, we've had this conversation a couple times about Lennox as a receiver, because I know you've seen some clips of him running some routes at a couple camps, if you want to talk on that, about how why you love him so much, spread out wide
2: all right so well it all started with last year as we just alluded to lennox came on late as a running back Mm -hmm. and at least from first impression it kind of seemed like a guy that was brought on late as a running back and then he, he forced with it uh he's he's a fast running back he's a fast person in general for people that don't know he's one of if not the fastest high schoolers in the entire state of ohio not just fastest running back not just fastest football player he's his a state qualified track star
1: i was gonna say say that again say that again slowly one of the fastest kids in the state period. of ohio yeah. period dot blank
2: so his hundred time is comparative to devin smith's hundred time which won states twice um, I think it's just a hair behind him. But, you know, any given year, that, that could win it. Um, and well, he's
1: just a hair behind Devin Smith is still and the fastest all get out. And he
2: still has a senior going into it. Uh, the thing is that he, he's quicker than Devin. He gets out of the blocks faster, uh, has a 40-yard dash that's faster than Devin's. Which, all right, if we're talking huge pitcher, Devin, like, didn't get out of the blocks very fast. He had a bad start. That's why he's, like, one of the fastest people ever. Yeah. But his 40 time wasn't um, – I mean, he's, like, a four four five guy which is fast but just straight line speed he's one of the fastest guys in the world um so that 20 to 40 he's like gonzo yeah yeah. you know so uh if they were doing 50 yard dashes you know he'd be breaking records but so he's quicker than devin was with a comparative 100 yard dash one of the fastest kids in the entire state you have will troll hartson who was your true number one running back um first pretty much a second year really Mm -hmm. and going into his senior year. My whole concept behind this all real last season and off season was you already have Hartson. What else can you do with Lennox? Cause Hartson's had some injuries. He's been banged up. Obviously he missed most of last year as we talked about. So you want some fresh legs. You want to be able to mix them in. But Lennox now has I mean multiple D one offers. I think he's committed to Kent, is that right? That sounds right. He's he's committed verbally for a D1 football scholarship. So now you have two D1 running backs. And you can use split backs. You can give them shared carries. But my whole thought process was, you have one of the fastest kids in the entire state. How can we use him besides just handing the ball off to him? Since you have Wiltrell. You know, if you don't have Wiltrell, it's a different story. Oh, yeah. But you have Wiltrell. You have Lennox. And I was just thinking, you know, if you have him a receiver... That can spread the field. You know, It's like having your own little Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. He goes out there. Defenses have to respect his speed. You're opening up. You're either burning past guys. You're getting the ball in space. and Now you're working one-on-ones. Um, making moves. Or you're opening up windows for other guys. So I was just hoping that you have somebody that fast. You could try to use them out in space. I did see in the one video of them doing it was like our spring camp or a college camp or I, I don't know i i saw like two different attempts he ran routes and made some yeah. catches and the very first one was you know an in stride across the field catch and i was like all right yeah golden that's all i needed to see can you catch the ball like While in, in stride yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean are you running back that can only catch a hitch or can you like run and also catch passes all right yes perfect <laughs> do i have a job for you <laughs> Right? We're just going to take the top off with safeties. Yeah. Open up windows. They either respect you and open up a window for someone else, or you run right by them. I mean, this is high school, so you're probably going to do both half of the time. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to open up window and run by them.
1: Both guys are going to be open, just like call the quarterback which one to throw to.
2: How do you utilize the fastest kid in the state? You know, if you ask an average fan, we're not asking coaches, we're asking average fans, without knowing who he is, if you just went Up to somebody and said, Hey, you have the fastest kid in the state. Where are you putting him in the field? Your average fan's gonna say receiver, right? Left guard, left guard, yeah, that's Nose where tackle. you use him. <laughs> Nose tackle, get him out in space, right? Because, yeah, you're waiting for that running back that has breakaway speed, right? He has breakaway speed, that's for sure. Um, you know, break one tackle, he's gone. Mm-hmm. You put the fastest kid out in the open. He's already in the open, right? So yeah, I, I just liked it from the concept of you could try to affect the team's coverages that way. You mm-hmm. know, even if he's not the guy that gets targeted every time, yeah. Teams have to respect the speed; they just have to. He's still
1: so, he's still drawing attention of the defense, absolutely. and like you said, stretching windows, opening up seams when those you're playing zone coverage in high school, yeah, b- for the most part, and when those. Defenders have to play farther and farther back. Those seams in the zones get even wider and wider, open up bigger windows, and suddenly you got Ardell Banks catching a ball and stride on a dig or a drag or yep. some shit, and we've seen he's got the ball in his hands. He's a big dude, hard to bring down, and
2: fast in the open field too. Insanely fast. Something that doesn't get talked about. Banks is also very fast.
1: Yeah, can we talk about that? It's because just people like, don't...
2: I mean, I'll, I'll admit I was one of them. I didn't realize he was fast. Also, hand right?
1: up me too. Like Even seeing him, so, when I first saw him on the podium and track stuff, yep. it didn't click that that was, oh, that's our big-bodied receiver, Arnell yeah. Banks.
2: I think the first time that I noticed it was we threw an interception last year, and he chased the guy down and made a tackle mm-hmm. from like across the field. It was very Julio Jones-esque um, for that people that only pay attention to football for the last year similar to dk metcalf's chest chase down block but i think it was closer to julio's because he had to weave through traffic it wasn't a straight line but when he was weaving through traffic and chasing a guy down that's where i noticed he was gaining yards on everyone and it's like oh he's like not just good for his size he's not just Mm. fast he's very fast i had no idea and then in track season he was putting up ridiculous numbers also so i mean kind of getting overshadowed by the fastest guy in the state lennox but Banks also very fast. So hopefully we can see a little bit more of that on a football field, you know, running routes, getting open. Um, I just feel like kind of missed that last year a little bit. Yeah. In general, I think a lot of his potential and his talent didn't shine through last year. So that's another guy. Haven't got to receivers yet. We can probably just jump right into it, but that's another guy that expecting to have a, a good year from him.
1: Yeah. Um. Just to put a quick bow in yeah. the next conversation, he's a guy that to swing back around to what started all of this. I think, depending on how we use him, he can thrive at receiver. We already know he can thrive at running back, and I think it'll be. It'll open up a lot of the offense to have a guy that can bounce back and forth between that position, because when you can, you know, say he's like our fourth guy in our four wide sets, well, you can come out in four wide one snap then come out in two back the next you're essentially subbing personnel without bringing guys on and off the field so you can run that as fast as you want to and it's presenting the defense with an entirely new thing and it's just something else that they have to prepare for and it's just a real kick in the dick that like oh we have to prepare for all of this shit just because one guy can play two different positions it's a lot like what Campbell could do for us last year, where we could come out in our base, you know, one fullback, one running back, three wide, one snap, and then we have like a two fullbacks at the next snap, because Campbell could play that F well enough. Yeah, Or he could, it's not something we like to stay in, but he could play the F, and then we would have three other receivers on the field, so are you playing 20 personnel, or are you playing 10, where you have four receivers on the field yeah it's it's just something else that the defense is prepared for it's something else that you as a coach can play with or do you want to come out and like super heavy you know two back full back two receivers one snap and then you can motion lennox out and then get into our, what's essentially our base look
2: yeah to simplify what hank just said to the people that didn't follow all of it sorry um <laughs> you'll notice it a lot in the nfl You'll notice in college, when an offense subs, they change their personnel on the field. The defense will also sub their defense, the personnel on the field. And you'll see it like when a team tries to go quick, they sub their offense on the field, and then the ref holds, they don't let you snap it, because you have to wait for the defense to get their guys on the field. The whole concept of if you're going to sub, you have to let the defense sub. I I mean, I don't know. I think if you go quick enough... (laughs) and. And that's yep. on them for not also going quick, but you know whatever. Be so the idea is that defenses will sub their personnel based on of what type of formation they are expecting to face the next play. So when an offense goes heavy set, you have a different defense than when they go four wide. And the idea here is when you have the same people on the field, you don't have to sub. You can just change what formation you're in. You're not giving the defense time to sub to change their defensive personnel. So they're kind of having to run with the same personnel all drive, whereas you could be mixing up what you're doing. So the idea of being able to move people around, multi-use players, you're forcing the defense to kind of probably stick a little bit more base than they'd like to, or at the least, they're not putting in their most optimal package for what you're doing. And that's a huge benefit of being able to move people around.
1: And as well, just an additional thing is – a defense, even if you're not subbing personnel, you can game plan. You can kind of get an idea of what the offense wants to run based yeah. on who they have on the field. You know, you have four really fast guys on the field. You're probably not going to be pounding the rock. But if you got four really fast guys and one of them can also happen to play running back and suddenly you have two running backs in the backfield, that opens up so much more in the run game. So now the defense has to think, oh, we have to be able to defend all these different pass concepts. and yeah. And also all these different run concepts. So it makes it harder on the coach on what he has to prepare for. It makes it harder on the players on like what you can and can't just automatically eliminate and what you have to, it it's less of a tell for the defense of, okay, what can we get ready for now? And when they, when the defense has to think more, they're doing more thinking, not as much reacting. And that's what defense is, is reactionary stuff. When you, hear coaches talk about, like, oh, we're just going to let the guys go out there and play fast. They're reacting. And when you're thinking, you can't react as quick. So having those multi-tool players, defense is thinking more than reacting. Then playing slower, us playing faster, us scoring more points, generally means us more winning.
2: Yeah. I'd also tend to believe the defenses are probably going to play a little bit more conservative if Mm -hmm. they know you can mix it up. I think the last thing you want to do is – on a huge run blitz, and then we motion out of it. Then you're busy adjusting and changing what your call is and everything. Yeah. Instead of all of that, you're probably just going to call a little bit more base. But I, I don't know. That that just kind of seems like what I would expect in high school, at least. You're trying not to audible out of things on defense. So
1: yeah, I think it's more you got a blitz, and if they motion to something that it can't handle, and you just check out of it back into a base, which. As an offense, if you can pick up on that, then yeah. you can just start running that emotional game, and mm-hmm. if you know what the defense is going to be running, you can just start calling the beaters for it.
2: Yeah. That's also kind of the thing I like about using tempo, is mm-hmm. I feel like you're kind of forcing the defense's hand. I, I feel like oh, the, yeah. op- the offense can do what they want quicker than the defense.
1: The thing with tempo, though, is you got to vary it up. You can't just you can't go fast for the sake of going fast. Yeah. You have to. You go fast for a couple of players and slow it down. You know, you get your freeze check, whatever. You you mix it up. You can't let the defense get into a rhythm of ex. You know, feeling what you're gonna come out with.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. You so, want to touch on uh, the rest of the personnel a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, give me one of those while you're at it. One of what? One of those.
1: One of those. All right. So let's touch on the rest of the personnel. We already kind of talked about uh, Banks a little bit. If you want to go more into him or you got any more else in mind.
2: So I think um, Banks is going to be a person that a lot of defenses are focused on. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have the two running backs. Um, and so from a run game concept, you're going to be looking at them. You're going to be looking at the line, looking at slaughter. slaughter. But when it comes to the passing, I think Banks is our, our one notable target. Not to say he's our only guy, but yeah. from the outside in, I think other teams, other communities, other people are pretty much looking at us, and they're seeing Banks, and then some other guys. Uh, so, I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I mean, Banks, D1 guy, I think he's committed to Toledo, is that right? Yeah, Toledo. So, and he got a D1 receiver out there, he's got size, he's got speed. So, I think other people also realize that his past numbers haven't shown his true potential. So I would expect teams to kind of focus on him a little bit more. With that, not our own a guy. Um, mm-hmm. So you got Welch is coming back. He played some receiver for us last year. Uh, Liebler, younger guy, but taking huge strides now, stepping up as a junior. Uh, he's a captain now as a junior. Um, you can see him playing some more receiver if need be. Um, Was
1: he 31 last year?
2: Something like that, yeah.
1: So he was getting a lot of playing time down the stretch.
2: Yeah, as a sophomore. Um, God, we were young. Undersized kid. Um, and he's still not huge, but yeah. I mean he's built like a truck. So like every hundred and forty-eight pounds of him is just muscle.
1: We talking a Ford F one hundred and fifty or a Dodge Ram?
2: Uh, a Mack truck. I don't. <laughs> oh, <a> Mack truck. <laughs> yeah, oh, but brought down boring. to scale. Okay, <laughs> like, gotcha. A scaled Mack truck. One hundred forty-eight Fun- pound <laughs> Mack truck. <laughs> Fun size Mack truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, very athletic kid, Um, has the knack for playing football. Ah,
1: that's that's what I think of in a Mack truck <laughs> is athleticism.
2: Athleticism. <laughs> he's built like it. All right, whatever. So, you know, he, he's a junior captain. Yeah. He's a captain as a junior. and Which is um,
1: impressive in, a, in and of itself.
2: Absolutely. I, I think you're going to see him on defense quite a bit, but he's a mm-hmm. person that did play receiver first a little bit last year. Uh, then we also have some younger guys. Uh, so I think we have some names that other people might not know about at all. So I think that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, but young. So how well can you play as a young player? I think they're definitely going to play. But how can you play as a young player? I, I think that's what it's going to look at. So definitely have talent at the position. Mm-hmm. But I think Banks is the one everybody's going to focus on. That's one of the things I was look. I was excited about using if we can use him. I have no clue if... Yeah. I, yeah. I saw one clip. <laughs> I have no idea if Lennox can play receiver or not. We, but you I like the idea of his speed opening up stuff for Banks. Just because like I think Banks is going to get focused on. Dude, but with that, you could have these other guys that are making plays.
1: Three months ago, or however long it's been, you brought up that one clip about Lennox playing It's because I was talking
2: about it all... No. It's off-season until yeah,
1: that. You so ta- when I you saw it. You were talking it, about that. You saw it. And then in my mind, automatically I go like, oh, he can play receiver and running back. Yes, let's yeah, do everything. Exactly. Like, yeah. So that entire, like, however long we've rambled on about that shit was all pretty much born from just our own heads. Well, I mean, <laughs> and yeah, one my, clip. I mean,
2: my biggest thing was he was doing so good at running back last year. was like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's so yeah. awesome. like, yeah, but we have, have two of them now. Yeah, we have Trell. I mean, like, it's good to have two. But like, do we want to start running the McRoy system with can, one of them? Just- we can utilize both in different. Like, so I, I don't yeah. know, whatever. Um, so I think receiver—it's one of those positions that people are going to be having questions about. Mm-hmm. But I think Banks is going to have a big year, even being the focal point. I think you're still going to have a big year. You just have—you have that size and speed, right? You
1: you're, can't teach size.
2: You—I mean, ultimately, you are going to get. Open. Everybody gets open in high school. But yeah. If you get targeted, you're going to get catches. If you're that big and that fast, you're going to get open more. You're going to have contested catches, like you know, jump balls. So, I mean, just that alone, he's going to get his yards. So, it's some of these other guys that are just a little bit unproven. I mean, if we're looking at our statistics of returning players. Via
1: massintigers.com. Um,
2: Jaden Welch had nine catches for 100 yards last year. Was
1: Welch a corner
2: and still is? Yes. Starting um, corner, right? Yes. yes. Was um, he the
1: one that was like all over the field against Pick Central and maybe
2: at then... all? <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. That's I don't know.
1: I remember <laughs> there's one guy after the Pick Central that I was like, "Oh my god, this dude's like a dude all over the field." And then he was like Well, very...
2: he also he also has um some college offers, I believe. So
1: And then after that he was very up and down. It was like boomer bust type player.
2: So he's the one I think you – not that we've touched on defense, but I think he's the one you expect to be your corner one. Okay. He's going to be your number one corner this year. Um, believe he has some offers. I, I almost want to say he was. I don't think he's committed. Uh, but he had nine catches for 100 yards. And Liebler had five catches for 27 yards. That, that's pretty much your entire returning receiving core right there. So Banks had 733, which – i'm consider underperforming 733 yards and eight touchdowns that's a great year but i think his potential is double that um welch had 100 yards we were 27 yards so it's a question mark that people from the outside are going to be looking towards yeah but i think we have some answers for that you have the people are just listed i think if you could get lennox out there you know if he catches three balls that went over safety's heads like that's more than worth it. That's more than everybody else had combined. <laughs> so I Yeah. Welch, were and I think there's a few other names that might I mean might have some significant playing time. So maybe not. I
1: don't know. I'm gonna bring this back to the the whole twenty seventeen vibes. Banks very much struck me as a junior Junior Trayvon Morgan. Yeah, junior Trayvon Morgan. Big old body, didn't know how to play receiver. So can he take that next step that morgan did going at his senior year where he became a dude he wasn't just a big body he was a legit d1 receiver
2: yeah i like the comparison i think it's an easy comparison the the difference for me is that i also believe junior trayvon morgan was just a big body that didn't really feel comfortable out there i think our I don't want to say system, but our limited passing potential last year is what kind mm-hmm. of hurt Banks. I don't want to say he didn't know what he was doing. Like, yeah, like Tr- Trayvon Morgan as a senior, yes, he was every bit of an absolute D one college receiver. He still is. I think Banks had that last year. We just didn't get to see it.
1: Okay, I I can give you that, and in, in so much as he's also not as big. <laughs> Uh, yes, he's not. He's not all different. six seven that Trey yeah. Morgan was. Yeah, but yeah, Banks didn't look lost on the field at times like Morgan did as a junior. He did look a little more at home as a receiver. However, it, it's still like there was some. What's the opposite of a flash play? Like an oof play? Okay. <laughs> that he he had some plays where it's like, hey, you, you're our starting receiver, huh? you're just out there doing that okay but in the same vein you're right he didn't have as much opportunity as
2: Morgan did um he yeah. never had a hundred yard game last year huh which I mean if you look at our total passing numbers like that's not super surprising but not great um I mean it's 733 yards against Glen Oak, he went two for 51 Reynolds 113 Warren four for six. 68 yards, 50 yards, 48 yards, 68 yards, 41 yards, 32,
1: 70, 97, 89, 92, 14. Are we just 3.1419? Are we named yeah. off pi I mean, now? Like-
2: I, I mean, it was pretty consistent getting 40 to 70 yards a game was... Two so above he was, that. I mean insanely so consistent.
1: Was, so he was pretty consistent in four, absorbing sixty to eighty percent of the receiving yards that we had that entire game.
2: Four let's call it four catches for sixty five yards on average. But I mean like pretty consistent. There they're not a whole lot of outliers there whatsoever. I think that was just our passing game in general. I I think yeah. that's kind of where we maxed out.
1: Yeah. I mean that that is. Again, you know what? I'm gonna, I am gonna take the easy comparison and just double down on my. He was he is Trey Morgan.
2: I think you could see a breakout like it. Yes, where there is such a significant upgrade from junior to senior year. Though I bet I bet Trey's junior numbers were better. He right. caught a he caught a lot of
1: hitches and stuff yes. as a junior. <laughs> a lot of hitches, uh, a lot of jump balls too. But as for the rest of our receiving core, I mean, I can see Welch taking the Tyree Brills account account, move approach, where he got a lot of time at receiver his junior year and then was pretty much just full-time starting corner his senior year, Mm -hmm. partly due to the fact that we had other receivers be able to step up and play full-time offense that next year. Um, As for the rest of them, I mean, yeah, Liebler, he got a lot of playing time as a sophomore, yeah, I did a lot of it wasn't running routes, so it was mostly just blocking for tag screens and run plays for his quarterback. But that's it, still a lot of time out there on the field playing varsity. Yep, so I expect more from him than I think I would from a undersized white boy junior receiver. Uh,
2: Almost the same situation, though, because I think he's gonna be a full time defensive guy. Is he now? I would expect, but okay. not sure. It's the thing is a lot of this is gonna change tomorrow when I go see them do a live scrimmage. You're gonna you're gonna get a lot more. Obviously yeah. it's still scrimmage, but you're gonna get a better vibe than just off season stuff. I know they had a thing last week, but I didn't see Yeah, I, I Saturday morning scrimmage, not not game I mean, situations. But last um, week
1: I spent up in Yangsan, Miami, yeah, so, so I didn't get to see shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, tomorrow it's going to change how I see things a little bit. So, But I, I would expect him to be a pretty much full-time defensive guy. Okay. Not saying he can't play offense also, yeah. but I think he's going to be a, a starting defensive guy.
1: Right. Um. As for anybody else, like, I, dude, I don't know. I don't even know a receiver that well. I'm talking out of my ass as is. So I'm excited to see who's going to step up, who's going to be able to fill that role, and... Just go out there, be a dude, and, I don't know, figure it out.
2: Figure it out. Figure, figure it out. Figure it out, man. Um, with that, I mean, something that you're probably going to enjoy talking about, at least from the concept of it, is the offensive line. Uh, yep. The personnel <laughs> might not be something that you are not one throwing bit. everything out there. <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> All right, so every year the offensive line is – A big question mark, Mm -hmm. not just, I mean, in general for every team, right? If you don't have an offensive line, you don't have anything. Yeah. So, it's not the flashiest position, but it's a very important position in general. I like to talk about the line as one position.
1: It It. is five different positions.
2: Yeah, but you got to work together. They're all... You know, it's one thing. That works as one unit. You see how I draw plays. I just draw one big rectangle as the line. I just want (laughs) to
1: smash your head into the table every time.
2: So... With with the offensive line, uh, you got some guys returning. How they all get used, where they're at, mm-hmm. um, how it all meshes together. You know, that's definitely not my thing to say. I draw one big square, so rectangle. God. I don't, I don't know any different. Uh, you got Marcus Moore coming back. Played a lot of defense for you last year. D one guy. Uh, I think you could see him playing offensive line for us for sure. Snodgrass stepped in, played a lot last year. He played as a a sophomore, a lot of center, correct? Right? Played a lot of center for sure. Um, I know he stepped in a couple games into the year. I don't know exactly when, but stepped in as a sophomore, played center first for quite a bit. Mm. Uh, So that's a guy I would expect to be there again this year. Um, Andre Jones is a guy that's been around for it seems like a decade. Yeah, but he's had. A lot of injuries that have kept him off the field. And a lot of people might not even really know about him that much, but potential is huge. You just haven't seen it because of a lot of injuries. Hasn't had the chance to. Hasn't had a lot of the chance there. But I mean, he's a big body offensive line. I think he played some offensive line two years ago for us before getting hurt. Yeah. Sounds like that. right. I think he played center for a little bit, then right. got hurt again. But, you know, big guy, athletic guy. Um, I would expect to see him out there. And you got a few other names. Uh, Mercurio is one that has been gotten, gets talked about. Uh, I I think in general, the size of the line should be all right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Moore's 300. Jones is 300. Snodgrass, what he's going to be week one. I don't know. He's, he's up there. um, 260 kid, 265, 270. I, I know I saw that he was, like, cutting for baseball and then growing back up for football. and uh, So what his actual week one playing weight is, I'm not sure. But he's all of whatever size you need him to be yeah. for a sustainable high school lineman. Uh, you know, Akurio's up there. You know, I have I, mean, if you I you have want, the entire roster right here. I, I don't say, know why i not. If you want I'm to talk not.
1: about sustainable high school linemen, like, look at Fitch. They're running centers out there that are yeah. 185. They're running... Oh my God! Five six one eighty. They're running me out there at center currently.
2: Yeah, that's a scary thought. Uh, Jones six one three zero five. Snodgrass is listed six one two fifty five. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up a little bit higher than that by game time. Moore six two three zero five. Uh, let me see. They're all right here. Uh, dun, 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 dun. what is your number? Not on here. Up two fifty. Uh Evan Sergo is a guy that was listed on a returning player six three two twenty five. That's um Ash, a Ashton Combs but- yeah. Ashton Combs is a kid that I know personally, uh six foot two thirty five. He lost a lot of weight. He was like 250, 260 Really? Uh, yeah, he got into this like huge fitness phase where he's like been trying to get stronger and bulking yeah. up for football, but in the process, lost a lot of weight doing it.
1: So he's trying to play tight end, or like what's his goal? I don't know. I
2: mean, he's, I mean, he's probably a little bit too big to what you'd think to be a traditional tight end, but he's athletic enough that he could like catch some passes for you. Yeah. Um, They haven't listed at 235. He's strong, I'll tell you that much. I've yeah. saw like, videos of him working out. He's as strong as anyone else. But he's listed at two thirty-five, where I think he was like two sixty last year. So, oh, so he's
1: dropped a cool thirty pounds.
2: Legit, yeah. Holy hell! Um, so it'd be interesting to see, like, how he fits into you know, yeah. like, is he two thirty-five and looks two sixty, or you know, I don't know. Uh, so we just got some other names out there. I know we have a sophomore that's like st- the strongest kid on the team. I Think he won the liftathon as a sophomore. So
1: oh, that kid. Uh, yeah, he, he was moving some weight. Yes,
2: yeah, so, I mean every year it's you know what, putting them together, finding mm-hmm. the best five, but I think it's not my strong suit to tell you who they are, or what they do.
1: I mean, I I don't know personnel. I don't really bother learning personnel until yeah. like you know week two, three, four, five, six until you figure out like who your guys are because. So many guys get shuffled around like, I'm not going to sit here in the preseason going into scrimmage three, trying to memorize all these kids and their numbers that they're probably going to change already, which is a quick aside, old man rant moment. I'm kind of mad. I have to relearn Will Trell's number that he changed from 25 to, what was it, four now going into his senior year. <laughs> like you shouldn't be a lot. Li- you get to change your number your junior year. After that, like, y- you're stuck with it. It, it is four, yeah. And if, as a junior, some other kids got a number that you want, you know, fight them for it. Like, let, put, get a ring, get some gloves on, go five rounds. Coach Cummings used to do it back in the day. This is not, like, it's not unheard of.
2: Yeah. My number changed senior year. Wasn't my choice. I mean, all right, it kind of wasn't my choice, but my number changed senior year. Your number changed.
1: Oh, yeah. A L- little... Little 5'9 White Boy Rob wanted to go out there wearing Devin Smith's number, huh?
2: No, actually not at all. What? All right, so my original number, somebody asked if they could have it because it was their family number, and I just straight up told them, I I don't care. Like, that's fine. Like, you have to pass it through (laughs) Burke. Like, get (laughs) my number, you know, approve it through Burke. And so then, like, after that, they came up to me, and they're like, yeah, well, you're changing your number anyway. Like, we can't have 37 out there running routes for us next year. So, you're changing your number. Which one do you want? And they had, it had to be a single-digit number. I guess those are the other ones available. Like, you can have any single-digit number you want. And I was like, well, half these are taken. Like, no, you can have any of these. (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, I asked for, the number I wanted, they wouldn't give me. They're like, no, that's this kid's number. I was like, he's a sophomore. And they're like, yeah, it's already taken 10 shows how much they thought about me right <laughs> they told me i could have anyone then when i asked for it they're like no not that one <laughs> um 10 and i was one who's one i think it was i think whitfield was one no montel was one i wanted so i wanted montel. four and whitfield was because four, four was my baseball number so i wanted four but whitfield had it which that ended up not All being right. his number. Anyway. Right. Point, point is, keep I moving. changed yeah. it senior year. I didn't ask for nine. That was just like the one they gave me. I specifically didn't want nine because it was Devin's number the year before. Yeah. Damien already had it, I think, or wanted it, or I don't know. Probably wanted it, but. And that's what I ended up being. Not what I asked for. Interesting. I would have ran out there in 37, and it probably would have fit better. It would have <laughs> fit better. <laughs> Nonetheless, Nonetheless. He changed his number, so yes. get used to it.
1: Yeah, he changed the number, get used to it. So. And it, Coming back around full circle, I don't follow the personnel or any of anything until we like start getting into the groove of the season. So I don't know who's gonna be playing where on the line. All I know is what to look for for the offensive line, what they're running, how they look as a whole as a whole unit. You know. You look at last year, obviously we ran the hell out of power, which is been our MO since at least 2017, if not before that. Um, we are a really good counter team, which same play as power, except you're changing the guard and fullbacks responsibilities. And a lot of that's on the running back, too. They have to slow play it more because the blocking develops slower. So not only kudos to our blocking guys on making counter work, but kudos to our running backs, too, that they could – you know, not just want to, oh, let's hit the hole, let's take it slow, let the blockers do their thing, and go attack. Uh, as well, we were really good outside zone, eh, eh, really good, we had outside zone in the playbook as a nice change up last year that we could reliably run, um, which is pretty much antithetical to power counter in any kind of gap scheme. And the fact that we can run it like we did really shows the talent of our line as a unit that we had. Um, Inside Zone and that kind of stuff. We we ran a bunch of different shit last year is what I'm saying. Which shows the talent of our line, what they could do and the more schemes you can run as a unit the better you guys are. Really, in my opinion. Kind of like when you look at 2020 and all we had was power and Inside zone-ish iso and an attempt at buck sweep, which was bounced every play anyway. You know, we didn't have much going. 2021 was a big turnaround from that. And our pass pro was also there, like, in so much as we had guys there in the way that could almost kind of successfully let the quarterback complete his drop and throw the ball. Not there in 2020. I'm looking for that improvement to continue in 2022 and look for the, the multiplicity of the run game and how much we can actually run in a game successfully will tell you how good the unit is as a whole. So the more we can run, the more we can run successfully and the more consistent we are as a unit, I think they're going to take another step forward this year. And, but that's those are the keys I'm looking for as the season chugs along.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's a lot of offense line of talk that doesn't go right over my head, but like, half of it does. Uh, You may explain the finer points. No, of, absolutely uh, not. Not right quick now. Quick trap. <laughs> and, <laughs> not right now. And quick trap and a five trap. Um, But, I mean, just to, to kind of wrap up the offense in general here, because uh, we still got to get to the defense after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to wrap it up, I, I think I, I look for us to be more balanced than last year. I mean I think it'd be harder to it'd be hard to be less balanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think we're still no, we can run the wing T. I think we're still going to be a pretty we're gonna have a really strong run game. I think that's gonna be a very strong part of our offense. You know, we've talked about how we have the two D one running backs, but outside of that, and another reason why I think we could if he's capable use Lennox at receiver more is because we have other guys behind him we have three four five running backs that can play at the varsity level we didn't name all we we do and we're not oh that was a confident we do no we do (laughs) we have three four five guys that can go out there and play running back for us you know they're not obviously all gonna be the same but you know we could put number five out there and win a game no doubt in my mind. So, like we have guys to go out there and run the ball. I think that's gonna be a strong part of our game. I think we're going to lean on it, but I also think we're gonna be more balanced than last year. That's for sure. Quarterback's gonna take a step up. He's year. He's a year older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just with that, it, it, we're going to be a little bit more balanced for sure. But I think obviously, if you're just looking at from a talent standpoint, I think the run game is going to be our bread and butter.
1: Um, I I'm gonna agree with you on that. We're gonna run the ball down people's throats. You know, try and air it out when we can. Hopefully, Trayvon Morgan version 2.0 can go out there and uh be what senior year Trayvon Morgan was, even better. Except he's not six seven this time. I'm just being an asshole.
2: Six four. Yeah, like, listed at six. I, I said
1: he's not 6'7 this time.
2: Yeah, I was, like, kind of thinking, like, 6'2-ish, six, 6'3", six, but no, no listed I, at 6'4". So, hey. He's, he that's, seems all at 6'4". That's, like, legit height, yeah.
1: But, no, I think our M.O. on offense is going to be run the ball down people's throats, air it out when we want to, not when we have to, and, I don't know, just be bullies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Go.
1: We're going to go out there bully cats and by that i mean we're gonna go out there and bully 17 year olds but mm-hmm. it's other 17 18 year olds bullying them so it's okay it's a
2: fair battle yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um anyway moving on to the other side of the ball we are before the we
2: before we move on to the other side of the ball yeah are, are we doing commercials this year do we have commercials i'm taking a break either way i just need to know like commercial no commercial i couldn't tell you either way i'm going to run across the hall to the bathroom okay and then i'm gonna change because it's literally 80 listen, f- it's literally you, 85 listen, degrees in here you
1: don't have to change for anyone you are perfect <laughs> the way you are
2: yeah you're the only person to tell me that um and i'm lying too yeah i know <laughs> it, it's literally 85 degrees in yeah. here because no air gets circulated not whatsoever great. so we're gonna go to either a commercial or a weird awkward break either way we'll be right back toodles It's going down up in tiger land wizard gang doing this one for the tiger
1: fans and we back so i believe we were just getting into the 2022 preview for our namesake the black swarm defense um i want to be honest i don't know a goddamn thing about anybody coming back besides big mike who was (laughs) also happens to be another freshman that was getting significant playing time on that side of the ball um the only thing though is we've had constant turnover on defense and we have still been churning out these like just top of ohio units so i don't know who we're bringing who's gonna be playing where and I don't care because I'm not worried because they've given me reason to not be worried about it. So you got some stats in front of you. Start rattling off shit and let's uh let's ramble.
2: Yeah, so I can go through it pretty quick uh, just because, at least according to the website, uh, the, the returning players' stats, there's not too many of them. Uh, I'm not going to read the stats because they are blatantly incorrect. <laughs> um <laughs> Yikes. At least to the point where I'm not going to. So it has tackles on here, right? You have solo tackles, assisted tackles, tackle points, which we both assumed work as like total tackles, how they usually calculate it. Yeah. So you got like. And let me tell you, these numbers don't add up. So I'm not even going to bother reading numbers. I'm just going to tell you kind of some of the players that are returning, at least from the list. Uh, Maverick Clark, he's a junior now.
1: Okay, so going into his year. had to make year.
2: sure. Yeah, he's going into his junior year this year. Um, linebacker safety. Uh, I believe it's the younger brother of Clark that's at Kent State right now. Uh, Jaden Welch, corner. Marcus Moore we've talked about plays defensive line. Uh, Freddie Lennox played defense back for us last year. Big Mike will be a sophomore. Played a lot of nose tackle for us. Dude's a dude. Uh, so those are our returning players that have – tackles or at least enough of them who was our linebacker tackles? that
1: wore 80 last year
2: yeah i think that was clark
1: that was clark i believe so for the love of god kid like i know i know we just went on a whole rant about like not changing your number and stuff yeah. but you can't be out there as a starting defensive player wearing <laughs> number 80
2: yeah i mean we, we talked about that last year but um uh, he's number nine this year
1: oh thank god
2: <laughs> he's number nine I and mean, wait
1: not, he was a linebacker an inside linebacker
2: at 80 yeah
1: is he still gonna be playing inside linebacker I mean, I. Think, I don't
2: know if nine's better or worse. I think he'd be playing safety. Okay, okay. We can jump into that. Um, he's listed at 6'2", 220 as a junior. All right. Uh, I mean, his brother is a great safety. Yeah. Big-bodied kids, big hitters, athletic. Um,
1: Listen, if he's wearing nine at safety, uh, that makes that's more fine, it makes it, more it, sense. It, yeah. That looks good. That's a look right there. If you're wearing nine at linebacker, you know what? No, put eighty back
2: on, please. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. We'll find out a lot more tomorrow. Okay. Um, and I'm
1: talking, like, strictly inside linebacker. Like, nowadays with the outside linebacker types, like, how our OB back is a...
2: Yeah, I mean, he could be, like, an outside or something. I, 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 we'll find out a lot more tomorrow, yeah. I'm sure, and then week one, definitely. Um, But, like, outside linebacker, I mean, he could play some safety for you. I don't know.
1: All I'm saying is if my mic is wearing a single digit, I'm going to throw a
2: fit. <laughs> Well, I don't think you're going to be throwing too many fits once we get into it. But, uh, like I said, Maverick Clark returning. Starter, Jaden Welch, Marcus Moore, Lennox. He played defense last year. Will he play a lot of defense this year? I'm not sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. Big Mike. Uh, Some other guys that are returning. You got Chase Bond, uh, defensive end, as a sophomore last year, I believe. I think he's a junior this year. Okay. Uh, Cody Fair. Ryan Page. Ryan Page. Uh, let's see. Liebler, we talked about. Kyler Wiggins, uh, defensive back. So, uh, some other names. Cody Fair, gonna be a junior, right? Uh, yes. Okay, he
1: was all over the field as a sophomore. Were we just that young
2: last year? Or is it just like a couple dudes? We were very young. Uh, with that, you know, if we just kind of want to jump into it, we can get more specific about players.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How you want to break it down is up to you, but I'm just going to start off by saying our interior, our front, okay, our front seven, yeah. is going to be legit. 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 It okay. is going to be the best part of our entire team, and it's not a knock on any other part of our team. It just might be like the best front seven in the state.
1: That's saying a lot
2: It is saying a lot With that we have players that are going to have to go both ways I think But when we are At full force I think we might have one of the best Front sevens in the state Not knowing other teams front sevens But I find it hard to believe That other high schoolers are going to have The front seven that we do
1: Okay That's a very Interesting statement there especially considering we ran so much drop eight last year. It might as well just be a front five. But break
2: it down however you want.
1: Yeah. Our interior of the defense, the heart of the defense, you're saying is top unit in the state. Up there. Up there.
2: I mean, it has to be. I I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not looking at other teams on paper right now, but it's legit.
1: All right. That's... uh, I mean, it would fit with the theme of our defense the last, you know, four or five years of very stout against the run. Not, Not to say bad against the pass, but, like, exceedingly good against the run and anything trying to go at the heart of our defense. And, I mean, I'm guilty of this, too. I, admittedly, like, I... I like offense more, but for the past, since our playoff run started in 2017, I think the heart of our team has been the defense. So to say that the heart of our defense is going to be duded the hell up, eh, things are looking pretty good for us this year. No,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. If you just want to start right up front, the biggest talking point is Marcus Moore. Mm. So he was a like I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there like an all state. I don't know if he actually got all state or not. You know, honorable mention, third team or something. We're not diving into it that much. I I think he was awarded something. Um, returning guy, D one, defensive lineman, three hundred pound plus, moves insanely well for his size. Mm Mm-hmm. We saw it last year, coming back. Now it's a senior, senior season version of him. Uh, you got Big Mike coming back. Uh, he was playing nose tackle for us last year a lot. Yeah. I mean, where these Just, guys actually play on the line could all, be anywhere. But
1: it As a freshman, all over the field, yeah. reckon plays as a nose guard. Yeah. Like,
2: Absolutely. They have him listed at 265 this year, so it, nice to see that he put on the sides. I was, I was very intrigued to see what was going to happen with him because – his entire life was he was the biggest kid but also the fastest kid in his grade. Yeah. Played running back, played defensive line. Yeah. He did both. Well, that doesn't really work at the high school level anymore. No. So you're like you're sitting at two twenty five, two thirty, like, all right, are you a defensive lineman or are you a skill player? You gotta pick one. Well, they have him at two sixty five. So I, I think it sounds that, like he picked one. think that answers our question. Yeah. He played a lot of nose tackle as an undersized freshman so, you can only assume he's going to be much better now as a sophomore, mm-hmm. also at 265.
1: Will be interesting to see how he can play with an additional 30 pounds on his frame.
2: I don't know exactly what his weight was last year, but 265 is definitely bigger. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I imagine he, he was so athletic at his previous weight that I... I can't imagine that it's it's gone away. I mean, it's not right? just going to
1: drop off the earth. He was they legit
2: just... one of the fastest kids in his grade. Yeah, like even as a freshman. So now as a sophomore, you put on some extra weight, you put on a muscle. Like I I can only imagine it's beneficial. But you know you're wrecking havoc at two forty 240, to thirty five to forty five, like something like that. I don't I don't remember what his weight was last year, but now two sixty five is what they got him listed at. Extra weight, extra muscle more experience. Yeah. To go along with Marcus Moore. You also have Andre Jones, the guy that we have talked about, who has amazing potential. We just haven't seen it because he has so many injuries the last couple of years. But you put him out there. He's another three hundred pound kid. Moves well for his size. You put all these guys together. Another guy to talk about Chase Bond. Where do they have him at? Uh, he's listed at 235. Um, what position? He played. I'm gonna call him an end. All right. He played defensive line. He was like the end for us. All right. For the common people, okay. Talk. He was a defensive end. Uh, played as a sophomore for us last year. Quite a bit.
1: Was he? Okay. Was he an actual like hand in the dirt the entire time? End or was he like our? OB yeah, I think back? so.
2: No, I think he, I think he was hand in the dirt. Okay. um Got it. He was a so- sophomore last year. I think it took him maybe a game or two to come on. Then he played for a little bit. Then he was mm-hmm. out for a little while, um, but played quite a bit as a sophomore. So now it's his junior year. He's gotten bigger. Uh, 6'3", 235 at the liftathon, He put on a show. So it seems like he's a kid that...
1: Oh, that's that one. Yeah, it seems it. like
2: he, he's really built into himself. Yes. 6'3", 235 and probably plays a little bit bigger than that with a year of experience. So that's kind of your, your, you know... When it comes down to it, front four. Yeah. At least from my perspective, there it's might gonna,
1: be... It's front three. Our OB back okay, is well, fourth. I'm,
2: all right. Well, I'm saying those are your guys. It comes down to it. You got four of them right there, right? Yeah. Um, linebacker is a very deep position for us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's going to be interesting to see how that all gets... Sorted out? Sorted out, right? Who's going to play where, how we're going to set it up, et cetera. Um, so you have As you mentioned Cody Fair mm-hmm. He's listed at 225 You have Clark Listed at 220 Let me see if I I don't have them all written down I'm just trying to scroll through real quick uh, You have Dorian Pringle He's listed at 220
1: Big fan of the chips
2: uh, So the, the two Pringle brothers Ah. one's a linebacker, one's a defensive back. Okay. Probably safety. Uh, so you yeah, got Pringle listed at two twenty, fair at two twenty five, Clark at two twenty, is what I said. We're in the ballpark. Yeah. Right around there. Um you have you have guys in that position. And I, I think there's a few other, which is actually gonna make it really interesting to see mm. who wins what spot. But let's just Run all, yeah. th- run all linebackers. Just go run all linebackers, just all of them. Oh, you know, you got like a
1: four-two-five, a three-three-five, mm-hmm. three-four-four. 4 yeah. yeah Let's gotta, just run I mean, a zero eleven zero.
2: You got uh Angelo Salvino out there. Oh, one eighty? little saw kid. Wait, he's a
1: captain this year, isn't he?
2: I believe so, yes.
1: As interesting as it's Collins, it is to Collins hear you listed like...
2: at one ninety five, but they had him as a returning player for defense. They have him as a linebacker. Okay. Um Jameer Gamble. Oh, that's somebody we didn't talk about, but that's a fu- oh, that's a future name. The Gamble Kid. <laughs> that's a future name. Um <laughs> Braylon Tolls. Yes. There's gamble. a there's a name we haven't talked about, but there's a future kid. Okay. Actually, I mean you could see both of those this year, but we're not gonna talk about it too much. More
1: flash plays. Um
2: man. Coach Hackson wouldn't be surprised to see him out there every now and then he's
1: gonna be a sophomore right
2: he's a sophomore yeah we
1: got a lot of sophomores coming up here that are uh
2: the younger lennox brother sophomore
1: so that i i saw that and i'm like is that the same
2: Eh, uh (laughs) 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 yeah oh they're the same size oh um like currently currently yeah oh (laughs) probably about the same speed too actually uh
1: don't don't do that to
2: me Rob. <laughs> just saying uh yeah, we have some younger kids for sure um blah, 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 blah,
1: blah. you just rattled off like a core of all ohio kids. sophomores yeah i know potential all ohio <laughs> i oh, mean yeah. i think
2: you could see i think you could see all of them this year to be honest I, yeah, we every got, single name i just listed uh, off yeah I think we got
1: gamble we got hack and brack we got Le- like oh okay yeah like what else we got <laughs> like
2: no, I think you ex- you will see you all. You got another Stouter
1: coming up too. Jesus Christ!
2: Not that great, but I mean, I think you'll see all of those. Yeah. At some point this year, I don't know what kind of minutes they'll all get, but to what capacity? Yeah, all went. of those kids, I think you'll see on the field. I mean, special teams, I would imagine. Oh, you absolutely, see all flying around out there yeah, once. Um, but yeah, I think that the the front seven is just going to be insane. So, mm. uh. Like last year, stopping the run was was a strong suit for us. I I think it will definitely be that again this year. Yes. Uh, I I think that's by far the strongest point of our entire team. Going into the secondary, some new faces or maybe not as big of names as as you've heard before. Uh, We talked about Liebler playing defense. Mm -hmm. He, He played for us last year. Uh he was he our played I think he was a third safety last yeah, year Yeah he was, a back, third, he backup was like a nickel safety right yeah. Uh I, I mean I think if he plays corner that wouldn't be too surprising
1: I like him better as a safety coming in Like you you told him he's more of a he's more of a Mack truck you know Well the the thing is mini he's mini Mack he's truck
2: fast too So I mean he's not huge like just yeah. admittedly he's not a large human but he, he plays bigger than his size. He's all muscle. But he, he has speed. I don't know if it gets talked about. I don't know what his current speeds are. He has some, like, random youth and middle... Like, youth, middle school track records. <laughs> like, Stark County, like, 6th grade oh. track record or something for the 100 meter. I
1: Oh, so he's sneaky fast.
2: Sneaky fast. Yeah, okay. Deceiving.
1: Got it, yeah. <laughs> he's got um, the deceptive speed.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, he played some defense back for you last year. I He's a captain. I okay. can't imagine you make a kid a captain as a junior if he's not like a full-time starter somewhere
1: i mean if you're you tell me mini mac truck i'm not thinking corner Mm -hmm. is in the defensive secondary um for our defense i think it's really the safeties make it go they're the guys that you don't have like a strong and a free safety you have two kind of clones that can... Either one's going to be rolling back, playing middle field at one point. They're both having to be covering the number two receiver deep on a vertical or filling in the alley on a run play. So it's a very, like we've talked about before, it's a very multi-tool player. They both kind of have to be the same guy. You can kind of get away with one being better than the other. Uh, But a Mack truck that's with that deceptive speed... I think that's your multi-tool that you want to throw on the defense that's going to help you a long way.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, where he plays, I'm not entirely sure. But I imagine he's out there playing quite a bit of defense for you. I'd I'd have Mm -hmm. to guess. Uh, Jaden Welch, we've talked about him being a corner. He has college offers. Uh, He's listed at 145, so also not large. Corner. Corner. Yeah, corner. Um, let's see. Stay
1: in a corner there, bub. <laughs> uh,
2: Kyler Wiggins, he's listed at 155. He's a returning player The played some last year. Corner. Um, I think when – so I, I think all of those could be corner-type players for you. I know that's a point where it, it wasn't the super strong suit of our team last year, so I think upgrading there is going to be a strong point for us. Yeah um safeties safety types the other pringle brother mm-hmm. uh the senior one's a senior one's a junior the senior he's listed at 195 um i know like they both showed out at the liftathon. big kids strong kids the both of them uh so i i think he could be a safety
1: 195 how tall
2: Five nine one ninety five.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that.
2: <laughs> you like that part, yeah. Um let me see. I'm just trying to scroll through to find the names that I'm already looking for. But
1: I mean if the kids got some speed, like he can if he can cover a dude deep from depth, five nine, one ninety five should be able to fill D gap. So I like that at safety.
2: Yeah. Um another name, uh, Ryan Page. It's a junior, five, zero, one hundred and sixty. Is
1: that Robbie's little brother?
2: I, th- I would, I think so. That sounds right, but yeah. I don't want to. I mean, quote it, but I, I Ryan think, I think Robbie so. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. I, I think it is. Okay. Um, Coach Page's son. Um,
1: oh my God! Is it? I never put that together.
2: Yeah. Oh. Didn't uh, didn't figure that one out, huh? Never once. Mrs. Page's son.
1: Literally had no idea. <laughs> Uh, Put zero brain power into that one, bub.
2: Nice, yeah. Uh haven't listed at 5'11", 160. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Robbie was also like a little slimmer in probably he, going into senior year. He even, did so. not
1: look like he hit as hard as he did.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, play bigger than they are. Um, they have the bloodline from their father. Yeah. That's for sure. So, uh, 160 probably fills in a little bit more. So, even is, as a he's, he's senior he's playing
1: like 185. Then. Yeah,
2: so... I think those are some of the names you see in the back end. And trying to figure out who's gonna play where. I, I don't know. We'll figure out more tomorrow. Uh, week one of course. But I was a
1: nose guard three tech. I don't know, Dick.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be an upgrade. I think mm-hmm. we, we have a little bit more depth of that. I know I, we we talked about Coach Hack's kid. I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a safety, I'm pretty sure. Uh defensive back at least. I
1: I would imagine being Coach Hack's son, he can install The better part of a Nick Saban defense (laughs) by this point.
2: Yeah, 6'1", 175 as a sophomore. And for those of you that
1: never did the math on that reference, Saban was the coach at Michigan State when Hack went there because I didn't initially realize that, you know. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so when uh, Hack played at Michigan State, I know he was... Saban was um... the head coach there.
2: Head coach? D.C.? He coached the. Who's the other one? Who was that? Was it somebody at Cincinnati for a while? There was another big name coach that coached Hack, and I keep trying to think of who it was. Damn it. We'll figure it out. Um, I'm
1: fairly certain Hack didn't play for the Browns under Belichick and Sabin, so I, you know. If you're looking for another big name coach and just random brain,
2: like, no, not. Not that, but yeah. so I, I think our defensive backs, you know, they put it, put it together probably a little bit more solid than last year, but, um, the, the core of the defense is, is going to be the interior. Since, now I just, I have to look this up. So figure out something. To Why
1: talk. are you on your phone when you're sitting at a be- computer?
2: I can actually look it up on my phone faster, believe it or not. Is that, I is don't that part of my age, I guess.
1: Yes. I think it's part of the age. All right, so we got, we covered the offense, we covered the defense. Um, I think really the only thing now is to start to get into the 2022 schedule, you know? So we're just going to take a look. Obviously, we open up with Moeller. They are a kind of a perennial state powerhouse as of late, but as we get into it, Open up with Moeller, who finished last season 11-4, private school. We've always had a lot of fun with those. Uh, Getting into Glen Oak, finished last year 3-7. Had kind of a frustrating game against them last year, even though we ended up blowing the brakes out the second half. Um, Still just an astounding drop-off for what is one of the biggest public schools in Ohio. Followed by Mansfield. At Mansfield, we've... uh, you know, as a Masson fan, we've traveled out there quite a bit. It's actually weird. We've had more success, more playoff success on their field than they have, even though they went 9 and 3 last year. Followed by Warren Harding. Um, oh, hold on. Let me. Uh, Masson website. Come on. One thing that caught me off guard was. A sneaky, historic rival against Maslin. Mansfield. Our record oh, well, against yeah. them, 43-4-5. and five. Like, I don't know if I didn't know it or knew it and forgot that we played them a shit ton back in the day, but yeah. when I saw that overall record of 43-4-5, oh, wow. That's like, that's got to be what, like number three or four overall? You got McKinley, Warren... And then, hmm, other
2: teams. I mean, I can look that up real quick, but you can't. I mean, yeah, we used to play them a lot uh, yeah. in every sport, really.
1: Otherwise, I can keep talking. Um, like I said, playing Warren uh, turned into a really good game last year with that quarterback there. He should be a returning starter, I think. Uh, he was slanging that thing all over the field. So they were. They finished the season five and six, kind of you know disappointing, but... They have fallen off as of late. Um, after that, we get to roll into St. Ed's, which last year, like we said, you don't want to say uh, leaving a loss with a victory, but I think we all felt pretty good about the team overall, about where we were, where we thought they would be after losing to them. They finished the season 15-1. and Did they win states last year?
2: Oh, that sounds right. All right. All right, you look that up. Um, I'm gonna use my phone. Good lord, I just have so many windows open right now. Ugh.
1: After that, we roll into Fitch. Finished last season, seven and four. Another sneaky good quarterback that was just slanging it against us. Um, yeah, he
2: put on at the north. Was it east west? North oh, south. Oh,
1: so he was a senior. Yeah, so we don't have to worry about him.
2: The Fitch Kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So had a sneaky good quarterback that was slanging it against us. No longer a problem. But, you know, they uh they always run some funky stuff. It's always a good game with them. After that we play Middletown Delaware, finished the team or finished the season last year ten and one. I don't know if that means they like went undefeated, then just lost their first game in the playoffs, or what, or like how that works up there in those states. But last time a Delaware team came around these parts, we beat the brakes off of them. So I don't know, be interesting. Canisius finished last season six and four. You know when they first came down here in twenty seventeen was a good game. They ended up kind of running away with it, and then just last year we seem like we just beat them into the ground Uh, followed by schedule says open but that's going to be the JV game against a Canadian prep school so if you want to see some future Tigers go out there and ball out that'd be a good night to do it Uh, and coming down the home stretch followed by you know, I think these guys are still going to be on the schedule for a little bit. Canton McKinley Bulldogs. This time at home, haven't had a true home game against them since, what, 2018. Yep. So that's one I think we're all going to be looking forward to. And for the love of God, I'm talked out, man. I, <laughs> I did some filler, so whatever you looked up, I hope you found what you were looking for.
2: So I didn't I didn't find the other coach. <laughs> I that hate was at so Michigan much. State. I hate you, so but much. I did confirm that Nick Saban was the head coach there. Okay, so in, he uh, was the head like coach when ninety-five he to ninety-eight there. or something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there, there was another. He must have been an assistant coach. I don't remember who. Whatever. Uh, Eds did win state championship last year. Okay. Um, also Mansfield, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Uh, Mansfield has the fourth most games played against Maslin. Fourth most. McKinley's number one. Mm-hmm. Would you care to take 10 seconds to guess who's two and three, or somebody that would be two and three?
1: Warren and...
2: How well is that correct division you have right there?
1: I feel like for as much as I paid, I should be able to read this from
2: me. Warren's number two. Alliance is number three.
1: Alliance.
2: Alliance. Ah, the old... Uh aviators or something uh haven't played them since oh, 94 man.
1: oh what was that league called back in the day the old all-american like, like conference
2: all-american or yeah. diamond or something all-american or or... conference diamond might have been for the other sports i don't know i think like at one point like baseball was in a diamond conference or
1: oh, baseball's played on a diamond
2: yeah it is uh for those wondering mckinley warren alliance mansfield steubenville barberton Garfield, Barberton.
1: Barberton, Barberton's right after Stewart? Wow,
2: I think Barberton was also part of that Diamond Conference. <laughs> so I mean, uh, Garfield, Saint V's, Benedictine. Wow, those are the top ten teams we've played the most often. McKinley's at one thirty-two, Benedictine's at twenty-eight. So I was gonna say kind got of a some drop off, real got quick some catching after that up one. to do, Benedictine. Yeah. You know, Um. All right, so there, there's the top ten. Uh, going on to our schedule. I mean, yeah, it's a tough schedule. Of course, Week 9 is is open. Uh, it's a Canadian prep team. Uh, it's listed as a JV game, and Hank referenced seeing some future Tigers. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we had some of our younger kids playing that get reps on varsity. You know, not just like a straight JV game. Just like every year, you have some younger kids that get some playing time on varsity, and... I don't see why they wouldn't be playing that week. Yeah. Um, get some reps in. I mean, back when we played Canadian teams as actual games, we still had, like, some starters playing. So
1: I remember uh, my senior year, all of the starters, like, played the first drive. Yeah. At least. And then after that, it was when your boy got to play. And then, <laughs> and then we were putting, like, the JV, JV in there by third quarter.
2: Yeah, I remember going through all of warm-ups and everything and they didn't like tell us what the plan was we just thought we're, we thought like oh you know we'd play and then after we score once or twice we start shuffling other people in yeah. and it was just like no like before the kickoff was even started it's like, you just take your helmet off <laughs> it's like oh really like <laughs> no go put a beanie on yeah you. just just go hang out um but yeah I think you're gonna see some familiar faces that week you know mm-hmm. not just a straight everyone that on the JV freshmen that haven't played type of thing. Like I think some of those younger guys that yeah. aren't true starters, but get playing time. I, I think you'll see him. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, it, it's a tough schedule. I mean, more, it's one of those rivalries that we don't have anymore, but go ask somebody that played in the eighties, what they think about moeller Oh God. Not going to be happy about it. No. Um, Glen Oak, I mean, they're on an upward trajectory. Of course, they started from zero. So I was gonna say,
1: granted, when you bottom out, like you, you, you can can't, only go you up. can
2: only go up. But they're just gonna keep getting tougher each year. I mean, they it's a big school; they get plenty of kids to pull from. You know, they were traditionally getting some schools from Canton City schools every now and then when they had their great teams. Um, I say great as in like it was a good rivalry back and forth; mm-hmm. like they weren't winning state, but. Um, quite the competition.
1: Back when it was like, you know, six years of a five point total differential. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, back and forth. Uh, so, I mean, they're just going to be tougher. It's, it's not the cakewalk that we've seen the last couple of years. Mansfield, I don't know too much about them, but anytime you have a team that's willing to schedule you, mm-hmm. it, it means that they're pretty confident with who they are. Yeah. So, it means expect the best from them. It's at Mansfield. I know like it's kind of a familiar place for us, but it's still going to be hostile territory. It's going to be there. You know, make sure if you. Well, I guess we won't be parking on the home side, but you know, don't get your tires slashed. that's uh, a great place to get your tires slashed. Shout out, Jim. You know,
1: the-
0: <laughs> and everyone,
2: not yeah. just Jim, but the fact that it was Jim like yeah. helps out a lot.
1: <laughs> the fact that we were all there and it was just Jim out of our group.
2: Well, yeah, we all parked at the bar across we- the street.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. And the other side of that coin of they're scheduling us that's what they think of themselves they're scheduling us that's what they think of us too like you know there's a there's a little bit of give and take of like who you think you're going to be versus who you think your opponent's going to be so to add a little mm. extra fuel to the flame they when they scheduled us interesting they're I, looking I never at like,
2: never thought about it that way yeah i've always thought of it as when we have a good team we're going to try to take on Maslin not uh we're gonna try to take on Maslin because they're down I yeah I I don't look at it that way but well yeah I mean if you need some bulletin board material throw it up there I'll take it Manfield said we suck <laughs> I heard him say it I was there <laughs> I said it for him <laughs> quoted it <laughs> yeah you, I heard somebody you, quote you it for quoting. them yeah 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 uh, Warren <laughs> one of those just tough teams it's it's always a horrible matchup not I mean just for us for anyone because they always have athletes yep they're not always the best coach team. They're not always the most complete team, but they make big plays. Last year, just, Holy man. Holy shit. Yeah,
1: wow. I could not get out of that one. That was a just. tough one. I,
2: I'm mad that I missed it. I watched part of it. That's when I was, you know, mucho sick. Oh, yeah. And, like. Not COVID. Not COVID, but <laughs> um, barely awake for two weeks straight. Uh, so, I missed I, I did turn it on, and I watched, like, a series and then woke up the next morning. Um, or afternoon that, or two I, mornings I, after that. I don't know.
1: It, do you know <laughs> how they, like, check when a pope dies, how they, like, hang the mirror up to the mouth and see if any steam comes up? Okay, yeah. I did that to you a couple times that week.
2: Any steam? Just enough?
1: Three <laughs> times a minute, I think, was where you bottomed out at.
2: It's still living.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there we You're go. You're here now.
2: Um, St. Ed's, of course, you know always tough um was it last year i should have been paying attention more hold on let me go back to now you talk
1: what do you want me to talk about how you're just randomly clicking through (laughs) the four (laughs) tabs you have open right now trying to like flounder for the random stat you're looking up
2: you know how bad like my memory is with all this stuff right (laughs) it's probably
1: like your five concussions Hey, I'm just surprised I'm just proud of you for reading right we now.
2: We don't talk about that. Um all right, yes, yeah, so I'm one year removed. Waste of time. Uh Ugh. so Ed's always tough, right? One state <laughs> yeah. championships last yeah. year. <laughs> um so of course that's that's a tough game. Fitch, kind of the same vein in a different context. Uh if you like combined Warren and St. Ed's. <laughs> Warren and St. Ed's? Yeah. Like what I just said about both of them, okay you get Fitch.
1: I was gonna say
2: Fitch is there's a bunch of thing a bunch of negatives you can say about Fitch yeah, but by God are they just always good. they're always tough <laughs> yeah they're all their entire line is a buck 75 but you hate playing them.
1: I would say they are the inverse of Warren. Always really yeah. good coached, always undersized, no athletes stick out. A bunch of like, you know, just weight room guys, coaches' sons, heady players. You might have the sneaky athlete or two in there. They're all sneaky athletes.
2: Yeah. Workout warriors. Yeah. First in, first out. <laughs> Gym rats. They're all first in, last out. <laughs> Every one of them.
1: It's um, a, a big-ass door they all walk through at the same time.
2: <laughs> Real team player. They, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're never physically going to pop out on paper. No. But it's just a matchup you don't like. Last year, we should not have beat them. <laughs> but we did. <laughs> but we did. We even tried to give that game away. We, I, I don't know how we won that game, but we did.
1: <laughs> In fact. It was a great game. The it same- kind of sucked
2: that we only had 80 fans at the entire game, but it was a yeah, great game. Yeah,
1: that actually was pretty ass because that was my last game in Ohio. Um, I just remembered the same way we lost the Green game is the same way we almost lost the Fitch game. A fumble by a certain giraffe who <laughs> doesn't wear gloves for some reason.
2: Nonetheless, listen, Fitch hey, is a tough team. Uh, all right, they lost their quarterback. Keep it moving. Pretty sure. Um, but that that quarterback showed out in the north south game. Yeah. Him and Brawley together were um
1: Oh, that was the one throwing to Brawley. Yeah. Oh, that's why Brawley won MVP or whatever, offensive player of the game. Something
2: like Something that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he took on some more but hardware. Had, it was the Fitch quarterback that was yeah was slanging it that game. And I mean he was slanging it against us too. I mean I, I feel like in the second half he started to get a little scared, got happy feet back there. I think we got him once or twice and yeah. he kinda lost it. But uh yeah that quarterback he could throw the ball that's for sure uh Middletown Delaware kind of like what you said um not entirely sure what to expect you said they went went 10 and 1 last year Mm -hmm. I think I think I saw that they were like state champs not too long ago or something but some of those northeast states do really weird yeah, championship stuff they, they still stuff.
1: On it up there you know those paper championships aren't anything like
2: they could have went 10 and 1 and lost in the state championship just not even like,
1: gonna, like recognize my joke right, we'll it's not moving. a joke
2: we we'll are keep moving <laughs> um like new york what was the team that there was the team that came in they're like reigning state champs and we beat them just beat the boots off of them i think it
1: was the delaware team
2: is that who it be, yeah, it's because they have like twenty five different regions, and yeah. each region gets a state championship or some mm-hmm. bull. Bo- were makes no sense whatsoever. Like were, I don't even know how you can be proud about that. Oh, boom. we're the state champs of Stark County. Like, <laughs>
1: hey, listen, you got to play in the system that you're in.
2: I know, but why? Like, you could be like your district champ, and then you move on. Like that's what you know. We have a regional champion, and then we go on to whatever. Some of those states just hey, have weird Twenty four that they state do, chance,
1: baby. Got to play in the system you're in.
2: Well, that's legit though. We are though. <laughs> I mean, so are they. But like, it's just a dumb system. Kanisha's um, tough school. Um, got dudes. We played them. <laughs> they got dudes. Open week and then McKinley. So McKinley at home. Definitely excited about that because, like you said, the last home game was the COVID year, so nobody was there uh just not the environment what that a you're used wonky to game
1: that was yeah. Saturday like October 3rd it like oh yeah it was it, a 6 week season
2: or something yeah, yeah it was a
1: 6 week season it's like the first or second weekend of October yeah you start the entire day wow entire day you are tailgating at home and it's just like what even is this you yeah, know yeah it was so weird like it's, you're going into the McKinley game with a 4-1 and one record. Walking in, you're in a t-shirt and shorts because it's like 73 degrees, sunny, no clouds in the sky. Yeah. Just the... it Twilight zone, man.
2: Yeah, it was... Man, just hopefully never have to go back to anything like that ever again.
1: Give me like... Give me at the stadium, 5.30 in the morning blaring Pink Floyd, Yeah. already, like, kind of buzzed, and it's, like, 28 degrees and I can't feel my toes.
2: Hey, like, 11, 12 weeks and you will. Yeah. That's what I want. That's the plan. Though, take away the coldness factor of it, and that's week one also. Without the, like, aura of being the McKinley game.
1: You're going to be there at 530 in the morning? I could be. Do it.
2: I'm off next Friday. I'm not. Well, you don't have to be there at 530. I, I'm going to be smoking meats all day.
1: I the kids are calling it these days.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be barbecuing <laughs> so that when everyone shows up, we have a humongous tailgate with a lot of food. Okay. So if you're listening to this, come to the tailgate and get food.
1: North lot, farthest. Road towards the stadium, about halfway up, right?
2: North lot on the hill, halfway yeah. up, yep. Yeah. It'll be the one that we're at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, the McKinley one's going to be that a whole different thing. But yeah. um, while we're at it, I mean, might as well. The Molar. it's... It's going to be a big game. I know there's not a whole lot of talk about it yet because no one's fully in football mode. And I'm thinking once it becomes Week One, you know, we had that scrimmage is scrimmage is done and over with, and now it's hey, it is Week One. I think it's going to pick up a little bit more, but it's going to be a big game. I know there are during the summer they were talking about trying to get people to come pack the stadium we're gonna make it a f- sellout and they just stopped they weren't yeah. they didn't promote it at all so hopefully that picks back up this week but you know we we got to show up to that game it's it's a big game you guys forget who Moeller is some of the younger kids might not know who Moeller is get but your tickets ask your dad
1: get all bring all your friends like, what else are you doing on a Friday night?
2: Besides coming to a tailgate and then going to the biggest game yes. in the state of you, Ohio? You
1: are welcome to any meets that have been smoking since 5.30 a.m. You heard it here first while Pink Floyd is blaring.
2: Yep. I mean, it. it's going to be legit. You're trying to make it legit. a big deal. Tailgate's going to be a big deal. Game's going to be a big deal. Get, get tailgate, your ass out there. Get
1: to the game. Get your ass out there. So with that... Um, you know, we started it last year right before the podcast ended, but uh, I gave you the job of finding me some lines to rip off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, I forgot to do that, but I can rip some off the top of my head.
1: All right, so uh, rip them off the top of your head to me so I
2: can rip them off the top of my head. Okay. over-under, will Trell and Lennox combine for 2,400 yards?
1: Ooh, pounding the over.
2: Hear that, boys? Our two running backs are combining for over twenty-four hundred yards.
1: What else you got for me?
2: Uh, over under. Slaughter has twenty-nine fifty passing yards.
1: Twenty-nine fifty. Ooh, I'm taking the under. Just by virtue of our running backs just going off the entire season and us not needing to pass as much as that.
2: We also have one less game. Something to take into account here for everything. That too. Nine-game season.
1: Um, I'm taking the 24 by week five.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's go with total points scored in the regular season. Over, under, 325. Ah, oh, that's
1: nine games, so that's, so 325, so let's just say slightly over, 32.5 per
2: game. Hmm. I'll take the over. Over? Yeah. I guess that, does that include week nine? No? Yes? No? <laughs> no. No? No. All right, so. So all of this
1: stuff does not include week nine. Gotcha. Except for when it
2: does to help me. Defense combines for 19 takeaways. 19 takeaways. Over-under.
1: Are we including uh, fourth down stops as a takeaway? Yes. Yes. God bless you.
2: Let me look up what we did last year just to get a barometer on this because. Listen, I know the website is like pretty good at this, but Black Swarm hasn't necessarily been a big takeaway team. According to the website, we don't have a single kid returning with a fumble recovery.
1: All right, overall team. uh, Uh, Marcus Moore was
2: second team All-Ohio now that I scroll up a little bit. All right,
1: so oh, already.
2: Six, I feel like I set the bar a little high. With seven, that Seven
1: uh, failed to convert on fourth downs. Oh well, then in that case, that another that seven it a lot. fumbles lost. So that's fourteen right there. Um,
2: maybe it's not pass, that bad. About. And an, and nine interceptions. So, over last so year. seven, seven. That's a lot more fourth down stops than I would have. I mean, that yeah. changes it a lot if you're including those. So You said we're including them. Including them. And you're you taking how many? 19. 19? 19 total turnovers. Yeah, I'll take the over on that one. Okay. Yeah, if you're including fourth down stops, that's that's kind of more than... And you, know you don't what? think about how many of those yeah. are.
1: And by virtue of how much room we we're going to be running the ball... Uh, and how much I think we're going to be running up the score on teams and not giving them much of a chance to have, have the ball. They have to go for it. You're going to stop them. They're going to have to be going for it. They're going to yeah. have to be throwing the ball yeah. more, a little bit deeper. You know, that's a, a little more high-risk plays.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm taking the over and feeling pretty confident about it now.
2: Over, under, Ardo Banks. Under. <laughs> 1,400 yards.
1: 1,400. Yeah. Oh, Oh, under. Easy. Easy. Okay. And I'm just basing that solely on 2019 we had 2,000-yard receivers. And with the talent we had at receiver and quarterback that year, compared to what I think overall our game is going to be this year under way under
2: okay i, I think the one game taken away week 9 definitely helps with that i mean he had 750 last year
1: so you want him to double it yes i do <laughs> i <laughs> i mean i want him to do that no, as I mean, well I, but like for sure I do. listen yeah. i will be perfectly content being wrong on this but I'm taking the under based on I don't think that's where our game's necessarily going to be and I think we're going to have other dudes stepping up to eat into those yards.
2: Okay, over under 1,000.
1: Uh, I don't want to insult the kid.
2: <laughs> well then make up some excuse about how our system's going to be run first and they're going to be focusing on him. And uh, it's, an e- it's an easy out. Just trying to feel like where you are with it. That
1: that is a really good number to set. First off, so congratulations on that one. Um you should be writing the books in the back of whatever bars we're running the books out of these days.
2: I'm going over a thousand. I mean if you couldn't guess by my first number being fourteen hundred. Yeah. I'm saying over a thousand. I feel like he had. I feel like he only had seven catches last year, and he went for seven hundred and fifty. Like, you know what? Okay, you still. I'll take the over on a thousand. If he's at all, yeah, more than last year, it's a thousand yards. I'll
1: take the over on a thousand.
2: Over under five and a half kick and punt returns for touchdowns under.
1: I don't see a specific dude we have this year yet that's going to be back there like Brawley was for us. Um, he was an absolute electric factory every time on special teams. And I don't know of a guy we have yet that can be that guy.
2: So to your point, um, the only returning players we have... Um, Barry had four kick returns last year for 54 yards, and we don't have anybody that has a punt return returning on the roster. Jesus Though, I feel like it's not very hard to teach Lennox how to catch a kickoff. Punts are different. Some kids have trouble catching punts, but kickoff, I've, you can put anybody back there, in my opinion. All right. You break one.
1: Yeah. Okay. Surprising stat we talked about beforehand. Let's do sacks.
2: How many sacks our defense has? Single
1: player. So Just oh,
2: any excuse
1: player. to read off that ridiculous-ass stat you read to me before we started recording.
2: Oh, it makes no sense. I But I don't want to read it off because it makes no sense. Read it. All right. Well, let me preface this with Maverick Clark had six solo tackles last year and one assisted tackle last year. But he had seven sacks. <laughs> is it more or less this year? <laughs> it, it just makes no makes no damn sense. All right, so something about this statistic on the website is wrong. I'm sorry. Things get either they're classifying in a way different than we classify it. Yes. They're wrong, or we're wrong.
1: A, a sack and a tackle are. It, it's a sack it's, is a tackle. It's a thumb and a finger. Yeah. Yeah. All sacks are tackles, not all tackles are sacks.
2: Also, are you telling me our linebacker had 7 sacks? Mm, yeah. That would that was my first thing. Like, you're hung up on the oh, a he, sophomore linebacker at 7 sacks while wearing number 80. <laughs> it's hard to deserve one with that number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you were, you've been hung up on the fact that oh, he had 7 sacks with only 6 tackles. What? I was hung up on our sophomore linebacker wearing 80 had 7 sacks. What? Yeah. I, Excuse me? One of these stats has to be wrong because I, that does not just, nothing about that statement feels right.
2: Okay. So I have one for you. It has a little caveat to it. Okay. Let's hear it. According to massontigers.com official statistics, Marcus Moore has 14.5 tackles for loss. mmm mind you this is going off their numbers.
1: <laughs> 14 and a half tackles for loss or 14 and a half tackle points.
2: no because that point system makes no damn sense. you're right you can't have less points than solo tackles. so <laughs> tackles for loss 14 and a half. I'll take the over. According to this, he had five sacks last year. But Carr cut seven, so I, you know. I,
1: I, I don't know anymore. Not just, take- not
2: just a grain of salt, the whole damn shaker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> did you just pull that phrase out of your ass? Yeah, did you- I did. <laughs> I like that one. I'm banking that. So you
2: say under? No, I'm taking over. Over fourteen and a half and a half, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, right. the, the only thing that I have with that is a lot of times interior plays get half tackles no matter what. Yeah. If you were the sole person tackling him, but then somebody else gets a hand in there, you both split it. So sometimes your tackle numbers are deflated because of it.
1: All right, so let's round it out. Let's finish this off. Give me the win lo- Give me your win-loss total. Or at least what you want to give me the over under on. Not including week nine. Not including week nine. So, nine game season. What am I taking the over or the under on?
2: Seven and a half wins.
1: Seven and a half. That nine game season is throwing me off. I I was about to just hammer it.
2: Hold on. Hold (laughs) on. Hold on. Is that one or two? only a one (laughs)
1: loss season. Fuck. One or two, yeah. yeah. Um, Pressure on you there. Seven and a half. You know what? So Eds and Moeller are gonna be our two toughest games of this season. Barring some unforeseen thing where this Delaware team just becomes a juggernaut and it's like another fucking East St. Louis game. Um, I think we split them one and one.
2: And win all the chalk, uh,
1: and win or everything else.
2: drop one. So you're taking the over. So
1: I'm taking the over. I got us eight and one. A one, eight and one. Well, there you go.
2: Now, what do you got to set? I feel like seven and a half is a bitch of a over under for it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's why you probably set it there. Like you said, you got more. You got Eds. You got the Delaware team. You got Canisius. I mean, and of course McKinley could go either way in a year. Mansfield's scheduling us for whatever reason.
1: All right, you're not selling tickets right now. Give me your number. Come on now. We we know like almost every one of those you rattled off is going to be a W.
2: I'm sorry. I'm I'm really torn. Be a W. I'm really torn because, you know, just going chalk is, like, I guess if you take one and you drop one, that's still chalk. Um,
1: You want me to help you out a little bit? How many games have we lost since Coach Moore got here that we should have won? How many not Urba- not many? How many Urban Meyer bad losses does he have? How many like
2: oh uh, yeah not many? Number
1: three Ohio State to number nineteen Iowa games do we have? Hey,
2: they're still ranked. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. You, you know, you usually win the games you're supposed to.
1: And that has been a nice little change. In, change about this regime is, you know,
2: we win the games we're supposed to win. I'm going to go over. I'm going to just be optimistic and go over. But yeah. I, I wouldn't fault anyone for saying seven and two. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I can...
1: If you told me seven and two, I, I believe it.
2: I don't know much about more besides, like, historical. I don't know what they've been doing the last few years. That's something you should probably, like, look up before doing a podcast. But if you know anything about us, that's not what we do.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, this is... Ent- this is- Start to finish a fly do your, do your own research. Yeah.
2: Don't listen to us. Um, I'm going to take the over. Just because I think we win one of those big games, like you said. I, so you think we're splitting them one-on-one? We might beat both of those and then lose to another team. I don't know, but <sighs> week one's always tough. I mean, it's tough for them, too. Who are we playing after, Eds? Fitch. You know what? If we end up
1: beating both, if we're going into Fitch undefeated, I can see those little rat bastards pulling out a W somehow. <laughs> like, just some weird-ass, like,
2: 5-2. to Fitch rolling into Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. You know, 1-5 and five or something. <laughs> we just, we beat
1: Moeller. We just came off a big W against Eds. You know, we're on top of the world. And then they just come in, and it's like... Fitch beats Maslin six to three.
2: That would be too normal of a score. I liked your five two better.
1: Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah,
1: I'll I will i will take the over. I'm gonna
2: I'll, say eight, I'll Fitch, say eight and one.
1: But somehow Fitch got there two, two and one. Yeah. Yeah, two,
2: two and yeah. one. No field goals. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go eight and one. Okay. Alright. That's fair.
1: So that's our season predictions. That's uh about all we got besides one last little thing i had on the itinerary for us
2: i forgot about that too okay i'm just i'm rolling off the top boys you're rolling off the top rolling off the top boys. oh my
1: god i've had this on deck since i first started thinking about it so i first brought it up to you you knew this you knew about this a month ago you didn't let this like rattle rattle around the old head at all no all right well on this podcast before we've done top five best beers so obviously it would only make sense if we do top 5 worst beers. And because I know my list is unbeatable, I'm going to let Rob go first. Not even back and forth, we're just going lists. And I have to go first? You know what? All right, we can do the back and forth. We'll go 5 to 1. Uh Rob, you can start. Starting at 5. Yes, starting at 5 working our way to 1.
2: I'm just gonna make them up off the top of my head and the order might not be good at all
1: order might surprise you order might
2: surprise you um skunked beer skunked beer yeah
1: all right yeah that's a real that's a real reach like it's not good you're right but there's plenty of worse beer for that
2: okay all right what's the year list
1: well number five i got this one's kind of a. Uh, might be a recency bias also might be like a very much just me thing the deployment near beer yeah never had that you're in the middle of a desert on the other side of the world nope you know completely just removed from everything you've ever known and the place is completely dry no alcohol whatsoever and your friend comes to you and says hey we're playing pool I bought us a round of almost beers and hands you this bullshit Budweiser, like, non-alcoholic stuff. And you're you're just, you're so beat down by everything around you. You're like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Take a sip. Like, oh, that tastes like home. And by the time you get to the bottom of it, like, I'm not feeling any different. This just sucks. It is ass. Like, it gave me hope. Hope was at the top. And it just ripped all that shit right out by the bottom of it. And now I just mm-hmm. wasted 100 calories drinking some bullshit bread.
2: Yeah. I think the difference is that I learned about you recently is that you don't enjoy any beer, not one bit. So that changes things a little bit because, I mean, maybe a Budweiser NA I'm not enjoying, but there are beers out there I, that I can just enjoy for the taste. Can't I do don't it. do it because it's just it's just a waste of calories. Well, You're if, not that, drinking, so if but, that
1: beer that you enjoy for the taste yeah. didn't get you drunk at all, didn't yeah. get, didn't make you feel any different.
2: No, we've had this conversation. Like, yeah. yes, I would still enjoy it.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: We there are had it beers on air, out, though. There are beers out there that I will just like, you know you drink cuz they taste good like it's a good yeah. All absolutely. Right. You're you're weird. That's fine. We'll keep <laughs> moving. Okay. Sorry. You're the only person in the world outside of 16-year-olds that don't like be- all right. Um
1: <laughs> There are plenty of 17-year-olds that also don't like beer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. 18, <laughs> 19, 20, 21. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um all right. Number 4. I just uh, I had it and I lost it. Um, all right, Saturday night alone beer.
1: Oh, that's so a bad like, one.
2: What you didn't realize is when you were gone, I was working from home. Right? They were redoing the office, yeah. so we all got to work from home.
1: I, I mean, I no, went, I did get a bunch of sad texts like, "I need more friends." Absolutely, How do I make
2: friends. Where are my people at? I would go a week, two weeks at a time without seeing another human
1: god that's living jim's dream
2: yeah in my nightmare so like (laughs) i go through my work week and then the weekend comes and it's like all week i'm just like telling myself all right whatever like works Mm -hmm. like i don't mind work but i'm working and then just watching tv going to bed working watching tv going to bed whatever when the weekend comes i'll hang out with my friends i'll do something and then everyone's busy well, I just told myself for five straight damn days that I'm building up to a fun oh, Saturday. that's
1: such a bad spot.
2: Well, there, there's no one else. It's just me. It's just me and a warm can of something from the pantry. And I'll tell you what, it, it's not a great night. No, I'm I not, just, I'm on, not on, an alcoholic. I get no, you, no, no. it stops at no, 1. No. But like
1: we we can't gloss over the fact that you don't respect yourself enough <laughs> to put it in the fridge for yourself. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> this is a household you live in. You control where the beer goes. I don't I don't drink by myself and I don't normally drink at home. So like I don't take the beer I have and put it in the fridge cuz honestly I'm probably not going to drink it if it's like once once the event is over and I have half of a case of beer left, it just sits in the pantry until it gets thrown away or something. After like After that first alone Saturday,
1: you got to like have a no, real conversation with yourself. No,
2: that's too depressing saying, oh, it's just going to happen again next week. So,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> you don't have to say it's going to happen again next week, but you have to have a real conversation with yourself like, okay, this is, I'm not going to let this happen again next week. not going to let it happen yeah, again next, next the week yeah. after that.
2: Next week it will be cold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Week after that, we're going to be cold, boys. <laughs>
2: No, uh, the one oh my God. Saturday night alone beer oh, voice. You that's
1: know. you know what that one might takes
2: the list. That <laughs> yeah, one well, might take, That's a sneaky one right there. I can only imagine because like we had this conversation the other night. Your lifestyle is, you know, you wake up super early. You work out before work. You go to work. You come home. You eat dinner. You do like whatever like medial chores you have to do. Yeah, and then pretty much bedtime building up for the weekend and i can imagine when that weekend comes when you are just i mean everyone's busy people out of town like you're done it's like i just spent a week building up for this
1: oh i am looking for that strong sturdy runner
2: (laughs) that warm pantry beer
1: (laughs) no i am looking for the outlet for that extension cord that doesn't have a breaker on it there you go sorry rob you're out of toaster It's uh, going to be fun for people that don't know that reference. Moving along. My number four. Uh, this one is a very recent one. And also not going to be very relatable for many people. Sentry Club beer. I didn't mind it. See, so for those that don't know, Sentry Club is a wonderful thing on a show, Letter Kenny that you just drink 100 shots of beer in 100 minutes. Yeah. And we tried this... Uh, few weeks back now on Saturday you me and Cody and the beer itself wasn't bad Mm -hmm. it's just the game was so uneventful you know we hype you you do the math on it before it's like okay this is gonna be like eight and a half beers in under two hours right this is gonna like there's gonna be some kind of challenge to it it's gonna suck at some point no not really and they just cruised right along yeah there was we just had a conversation it just shot every minute but man when that shit hits like 25 30 minutes later you just drank eight and a half beers in under two hours yeah. it's, it's not a good time that's the end of your night hmm. like i i was on the couch for 45 minutes just in a fucking roller coaster not good i'm not gonna do it again you puked twice i don't don't give me that shrug it wasn't good for you either you puked at two
2: different houses all right well now that we're getting into details um the issue was yeah.
1: don't just play this off like you had an okay time and that was you went to bed
2: the issue was that i had like seven beers before we decided to do century club
1: i had like five
2: yeah it wasn't great for anyone No,
1: it was overall not a good time century club by itself wasn't bad it wasn't bad it was just like and i was up like pretty late that night it was so neutral that it didn't make the it wasn't, afterwards it wasn't real exciting. shit time I'll give that. worth it. Like, uh, it, all right, yeah, that's all like right. it, I mean, whatever. It, it was so neutral in the in the event that the afterwards, the drunk you get from it, the the fact that it, that is ending your night. I guess not great. I, I don't know. I I really don't think
2: it's that bad.
1: In the moment, not bad. Afterwards, nowhere near worth it.
2: Hmm. I think we had two different experiences
1: yeah probably well that, that's the difference you got the hate out of you i just sat there and sucked it
2: up yeah see that's the whole thing i was just like no let's just end this now i and wish i could go back I'm to being normal. Of envious yeah
1: anyway number three what do you got
2: after a lost beer
1: i had that that's that's sitting at my like six or seven it just just outside looking in
2: so it could be i phrased it that way Specifically, it could be after losing the state championship.
1: Oh, you sneaky bastard.
2: After losing a McKinley game. It could be after losing a family member. Yeah. It's a... Uh, you sneaky After a lost beer right there, you know? Like, yeah. It's not a celebratory drink.
1: So... The only reason I didn't have that one on my list was because that lost beer is never one I have on my own. I'm always with people. Yeah. And we get to commiserate in that together. Mm-hmm. And you got, generally speaking, your friends, your family, whatever, down in that hole with you.
2: When we celebrate, lose, we commiserate. Yep. Either way, we tie one on.
1: Yep. So, my, it, yeah, didn't make my list but just outside looking in. Number three for me, that beer you have, that beer you get right after you realize you're too drunk. You're like, you know, you could be just out at the bar with your boys. You just want to get a nice little mild buzz on. Yeah. You had some beers. You go up, get your next one. Just because that's how the night's flowing and you take a sip and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm a little too far along than I want to be. Or the other extreme of, you've been getting after it. You get that next beer, and now you can't talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Again, extremes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so.
1: But, in general, you know, you you want to get to a certain point with your drinking, and you just it's what a lot of people do you know you'd like you you like having something in your hands you like the just the motion of the drinking and then you go and yeah. get that next you just get that next ice cold beer and you sit down and you're like i am a little bit farther along than i want to be and you got a choice to make do you nurse that one all night and suddenly it's like room temperature after an hour do you just set it down take the loss and keep it moving like do you chug it and just decide to? Dive headfirst into what you don't want to be right now. These are choices you make.
2: Interesting, yeah.
1: So, the beer when you realize you're too drunk. Number three.
2: Okay. Number two, what do you got? Alright, I guess kind of in the same vein, but more specific. So, you're playing beer darts with your boys the other day. <laughs> and... You're getting hit, right? Game's been going on for quite a while. Yeah. Everybody's taking their fair share, but you just got hit back to back.
1: Oh, you're getting schwacked.
2: You just got swacked, right? You grab your first one. You start going along with it. No big deal. You get hit again immediately. Oh. And it's the All right, Hold on, boys.
1: Not a good spot to be. Hold on,
2: boys. Yeah, I got to put this one off to the side real quick because they're giving you a hard time. Like, you yeah. know, you, you got to you know take it, yeah. put another one down. So you're trying to finish the one. You got the second one off to the side, which is rough because, like, oh, man, you got the side beer that you yeah. already owe them, and you're trying to finish this first one, but it's like, all right, we'll get through it. That second one's going to stink. I'm trying to muscle down this first one, and then you get hit
1: again. Oh, that's just game over. That's nailing the coffin. The
2: two side beer dart situation. that's that's just, that's where, you know, even the pros, Yeah, you got to, like. Pull it off of the side and then you tell them, give me a sec, I'm gonna... I'll put another one down, but that you're two back.
1: Yeah. And you get hit again.
2: You you in a rough spot.
1: <laughs> See, that's the thing where you just like at a certain point you just gotta give up the darts and like take a moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I I don't yeah. have my throw. Somebody else takes it. Yeah. But I, I in all good consciousness. My only consciousness.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say the only <laughs> in the consciousness, consciousness you're
2: about to lose. In consciousness, I can't put another one down yet. So yeah. <laughs> that that's a rough spot. In you know, any good when you're holding one and you get hit. Mm. That sticks. But you're holding one, one off of the side, hit again. Yeah, that that's a bad one. Oh, that's, that's a really bad one. A bad, I like that one. That's a bad beer.
1: I like that as number two. Bad beer. So my number two. It's that first hungover beer. On a multi-day drinking event, mm. like Country Fest, a bachelor party. Say you tied one on too hard, McKinley Eve.
2: Yeah, been you there. Know? Yeah.
1: Slop fest. Anything where you got after it the night before, you wake up. You know, you get you get your day started, and you know you're gonna be drinking that day, and you are hurting. Yeah, you're hungover. Like it's you're not in a great spot. But you know you need to get a th- more than a few beers down to get over that hump. Yeah. And you know that first one you crack open? A little hair dog. It's not going to be good. It's not going to get you where you need to be. It's barely going to get you even going. No. Uh-uh. It's going to start that climb over yeah. the mountain, over Mount Hangover. Yeah. You're not even going to get to see the first peak on that first one.
2: Uh-uh a necessary evil
1: that from crack to crinkle everything about it is going to be bad yep but like you said necessary evil got to get it down boys got to keep it moving and you know what maybe can three maybe can four maybe can five we're going to be start feeling good again but it's not going to be can one because can one is the second worst beer you can ever fucking have
2: yeah it's not great
1: not great all right, Rob. Number one. Worst beer. What do you got?
2: Bud Light. <laughs> Damn it.
1: <laughs> you stole my bit. Really? You know what my number one is? Hams. Ah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: take that, Jim. You stole my bit, you in bastard. The entire state of Pennsylvania, in anyone who drank beer in the 70s, <laughs> take that. <laughs> oh, they just wanted something they couldn't have. Ham, yeah. There are no pig in the seventies. When was your mom born? Before that.
1: <laughs> Obviously, your mom joke. Like, you know, you know, your mom. Ham. A pig in the seventies. Pig your in mom. 70s. Got it. And, and, <laughs> there we go. There we go. We got there. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal.
2: So you're own hams number one. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd rather have hams by the light.
1: You're on crack. No. Yes. Listen, Bud Light, you know the hangover is going to be bad. But at least like in the moment, no, bad. It's still another light beer. Nope. Uh-uh. You're just so you're just so disenchanted nope. with it because of the hangover that comes with it. And trust me, I get it because I also get that god awful hangover. Mm-mm. It's just fucking horrendous.
2: I'd rather have above room temperature Natty Ice than Bud Light I have no words the hangover is
1: so bad you're telling me you will take a so case bad. of hams over a case of Bud Light yes there's nothing good about hams
2: the it taste doesn't isn't kill good the, neck. the taste isn't good the drunk Keg- isn't good kegged hams is not bad We'll just throw that out there. Kegged hams, not bad, and by far the absolute best deal you can even come close to getting at Esber Beverage Company.
1: That's because it's so trash, they're
2: trying to give it away. It's worth it. Cake, not bad. Cans, not great. Still take it over Bud Light. For sure. There's nothing that I would drink nothing I would pick Bud Light over. Nothing.
1: Skunked hams. Yeah. All right,
2: I'm not drinking, but like, it's not happening. I'm not doing it.
1: All right, well, this has been the first episode of the Black Swarm Podcast 2022 season. Obviously, my co-host Rob Antonell is just on crack right now, so we got to get out of here. Um, go Tigers, beat Moeller,
0: beat Moeller.